Alright, sitting here with my grandpa again. How you doing today, grandpa? I'm doing good. Got my granddaughter here, great-granddaughter. We're having a good time. She's cool. been on trampoline. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like her. Yeah. And even though it's so cold out, she can't get her. She wants to be outside, so. I was outside with my heavy clothes on and freezing. She's She didn't have much on. Didn't bother her at all. Well, she was jumping, so yeah. there's, oh, there true. is that. Yeah. Well, uh, last time I know we were talking a little bit about, uh, a little, a little bit of everything, I guess. Um, you know, we can go wherever with, with this, but I just had a couple things I wrote down. I figured I'd get your, uh, thought it might be interesting to hear your perspective or some stories on some things. Um, I posted, uh, the second podcast the second recording of you and grandma and uh the feed some of the feedback i got on the first one was uh your ping pong while you were working at Ols. Hmm. yeah and uh you know i said i'd dig into that a little bit more i was talking with greg and brandon and i told them i'd dig a little deeper on that uh <laughs> the three brothers podcast has been going pretty good that the new one will post tomorrow it's scheduled um, but in that, you know, Greg had said that it was kind of, kind of fun listening to some of that work stuff. So, um, tell me about the ping pong. What was, oh. what was that all about? You well, t- I heard I, you had tournaments and. Well, yeah, we had, you know, that didn't, they let us <clears throat> start using ping pong tables and radios and stuff. I don't recall what year it was, but I mean, for a long time we didn't have that. But talking like eighties, nineties. Yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> those ping pong games got kind of intense sometimes. You know, we had a lot of good players down there. You, can, a lot of people had a lot of. Nothing to say a lot. There was quite a few people had some a lot of free time in there, so they could spend a lot of time playing ping pong. That probably does sound strange for people that. Don't get those opportunities when they're working, but we didn't for years. So, and we were in part of that factory where there was most a lot of people had free time there. So, and you know, you just did on your breaks, lunch break, and then on your breaks, and other people just had more free time than others. And yeah, there was. <laughs> Some pretty good ping pong players there. I mean, it, it got pretty, uh, pretty interesting. I thought I was, you know, maybe a little better than average, but man, getting beat by a lot of those guys quite often. Couldn't there's lots of guys I couldn't beat, you know, so they were just too good. Yeah. Now, when you say better than average, do you mean like <laughs> I mean average guy off the street, or better than no. average for your shop? Ah. Uh, I don't know how you know. There were some pretty good ping pong players there. I don't. I don't know how, how they would rate. You know, for you know, generally speaking, t- ping pong players. But they it's pretty good. They yeah. were pretty good, and uh, it was a lot of fun. So, I mean, you know, it, it was a lot of times you know that made the <laughs> you makes you going to work kind of fun. You know, so you can do something like that. 
So how often were these uh, ping pong occurrences? Oh, we had, see, there was quite a few, or not a lot, but there was a few places where they had ping pong tables, so there was always somebody playing ping pong. Tables are always, hmm. you know, somebody was always playing. And, and uh, so I guess, yeah. explain your job a little bit. You know, that way people can understand why you had the ability to play Pong and kind of what well, you did. my job could vary quite a bit. I mean, you know, when I was a pork truck driver, I, you know, it, uh, sometimes we just ran out of work. We didn't have work to do. So if we were on like a, work, a dock, you know, if we didn't have any trucks to unload, you know, we had free time. Or the people on the floor sometimes was those jobs varied every day. I mean, you know, sometimes it'd be you'd be quite busy, and then other times there'd be very little work to do. So, and we didn't have too many trouble, too much trouble with the supervisor. They, right, as long as they got their work done. So, are they, you know, let the work done? You get your work done, then you could they wouldn't bother you. Well, that must be nice. Yeah, it was. So, I'm, when you say fork truck driver, like, what were some of the some of your duties? I know you used to unload train cars. I, we covered that a little bit. Yeah. I was here a long time, so I did just <laughs> did a lot of different work on. <laughs> worked on docks where, you, you know, the trucks come in and you unload. Unload whatever it could be. A lot of times there was a lot of foundry cast iron coming into when I was in the, all part of the main plant in the motor plant because <clears throat> we had to get cast iron for uh, blocks, heads, bearing caps, manifolds, intake manifolds. And uh, they had to go through heat treat. We had a heat treat department. And oh, yeah. all those jobs are different. I mean, it, heat treat was an interesting place. You Those big furnaces, yeah, you see all the hot iron when you see those foundries well they would you know make castings and we'd have when they we shipped the castings to us and then we would uh well the exhaust manifolds had to be heat treated and it was bearing caps and everything there was some things had to be heat treated a lot of bolts go through these long furnaces you open up just enough you put them on a conveyor and, and you send us some they would it take a process. I don't know. I don't recall how long. You know, you just leave them in that furnace. They go in one end and come out the other. But when they came out, they would be just white hot. You know, then you have to put them in guns. Just let them cool. Well, in the winter time, we'd get a couple of those guns for uh, somebody on a heat heat tree would bring them out and bring them on the dock because the docks would be cold because the big doors would be open. Oh, yeah. We set them out there. and You just <laughs> stand by those those guns and radiate a lot of heat so you could. Warm your hands. Yeah, like, it was a nice heat source. <laughs> huh. Yeah, that's... So when you would unload uh, train cars, was that mainly cast, or was that a little bit of everything? That was... Well, see, like, on and off, like, there was... A, like I said, I've been there for a long time. I did a lot of different kinds of materials off ran rail cars. 42 years, just, right? Yeah. And... Uh, we get carburetors <laughs> and uh, you know you can get a lot of things off rail, rail cars i mean but most of those smaller parts would come in on trucks you know the bolts and smaller parts you know they need 
unload them, then you take them to a storage area. You know, then the st people that needed to for put them on the take them to a line where they used them. You know, they had truckers for that purpose. You know, they would just we'd have to take them to a. You probably seen those, <laughs> like the you were those uh, that I don't know what it is that car company has those cars that you can put into a <laughs> like a. Raise them up and put them on shelves, you know, or like platforms. Oh, yeah. I don't know what you call it. I forgot what you call it. Like a cherry picker? Yeah. We, yeah, we had storage areas like that. You know, you just small ball parts in there, and then they'd have those. Somebody would take them away. Then you, you know, when if you, that's where you leave them until they needed them somewhere. So a trucker would come get them. Then you had to get them down, and they'd, you know, take them just around and around. Huh. Yeah, yeah, you take, you bring it, put them in. They use them, and you get more. Put those in. That's basically, you know, a lot of those smaller parts. But yeah, that's kind of what I was wondering. Was uh, I thought maybe you know, the yard trains would come in, and you know, certain sections would be certain parts, and they'd kind of branch off. Is what I was thinking. Is certain parts would go to one area, certain would go to well, another. But that's yeah, you kind of organized where the you know keep storage areas where they were going to be closer to a parts where they, or a place where they were going to be needed. So, you know, you had less time truckers, you know, trying to go long ways to get parts for, you know, you kind of keep them close to where they was going to be used on the motor lines. Right, right. Huh. But that was a constant thing. That was something we did all the time. We was always moving parts, you know, because we'd get a bunch of, well, sometimes it just didn't work out because you'd have to use a space for storage space for something else would get too much, you know, too many, uh, maybe like, I don't know, it could be like a, a part that was huge, takes up a lot of space, then we had to fill all those spaces up, and then then when I need them, we'd have to move those again, and, you know, it was, that's, it was a lot of moving. Had some overflow? Yeah, just moving parts from here and there, you know, just moving it around all the time. Now, did you do that your um, your entire 42 years there? No, I worked on a motor line on uh, for the first five years, which is okay. It was oh, it was hard work at first. I wasn't used to it, but what was uh, like? What were you some some of your duties on the motor line? Well, when I worked on a motor line, my department, the first thing we got was uh, uh, the engine would was coming down the line. They would be on the would get oil. They'd fill them up with oil. Then you put. Uh, <clears throat> The heads on it, then, uh, you know, the head gaskets, and then the head bolts, and then, you know, the, well, the heads, after you put the head gaskets on, then, you know, then it would be the bolts and the head gaskets, and you had a mach little machine of just plating all the bolts down on the, on that heads on both sides, and then, uh, you know, after that, the intake manifold i mean it was then once you got the intake manifold on there was lots of parts they have to screw onto the intakes and you know then there was a dipstick and the distributor just you know installed the distributors and that was the area where i worked that was about the end of my department but you know also before it got to you it already had the yeah that's where heads and then you know yeah okay huh well, i did that for Five years, I think. Yeah, so yeah. the rest of your, the remaining 37 were <laughs> yeah, driving, driving truck. Driving a fork truck, yeah. Huh. 
So now were you running propane truck, diesel no. truck? Battery. Battery for 37 years? Oh, yeah. We all had battery trucks. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we had to change your battery about you know, at least once a day. And <laughs> those batteries, now I don't recall exactly the weight. I mean, some of them, but they were, they, they were heavy. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> you'd have to use it. Obviously, you've got to use a hoist. And, you know, they would take quite a while to charge them. So they take them to a charging area down to the battery room, and, you know, you could change your battery for a good one, and then, you know, they charge that one. And, you know, there was quite, quite a few batteries sold. There was times where we'd kind of run out of batteries. I mean, you know, charged batteries. There was a battery room? Oh, yeah, we had a battery room. Everybody, you know, so the, the charging area where you have to have a, where you can charge all the batteries, all the truck drivers that go down to the, we need a battery, batteries start getting low, you have to go change your battery. Yeah, get a new one. Huh. Which quite often at the start of the shift, you always have a dead battery because a lot of <laughs> guy on the other shift, you always want to leave your dead battery, you know, so. Yeah, didn't want to run down and change no, it? No, he didn't want to, he didn't want to do that, <laughs> so of course you had to return that papers. So passing the buck has always been a thing then? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, you get on your truck and well, wouldn't even move, you know. So they had to just barely make it down to the battery. You know? Yeah, that's, you know, I guess I never really thought of that, that there might be, you know, a department dedicated to just charging batteries. Oh, yeah. So yeah. How, how many people were working in there? Because I'm assuming that, you know, you would go in there and you'd have a couple people that were staffing it, whether they were, you know, unloading batteries, loading batteries. No, actually, there was only one. Attendant, battery attendant, because that's that's all you could do. You change one battery at a time. So I mean, that's what it, you know. And there was an older gentleman that was on our day shift. Had been there for I don't know how long. She's he was he I don't know. He'd been there for so long. I don't know how many years he had in there, but think he put in more than you. Oh, a lot more than me. I what? Mean, yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah, god. Yeah, he did. I mean, he's he he was like. One of the, I think he was like the second longest, he had more, second most seniority of anybody that works in GM, you know, in a whole, in a whole GM, you know. In the entire company? company? Entire company, yeah. I don't know wow. what the other guy was, but. The owner? <laughs> My God. Yeah. 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 He was a good, nice guy. But, you know, you could, not much else that one, two people could do. I mean, you know, one guy can, you can't do two, you have to take, use that same hoist or, Ah. Take your battery out, and you grab, put the, drop the battery down, you know, hook it up and recharge it and grab another one and put that one in there. So, yeah. Okay, so you had a single hoist. I was assuming there was no, yeah, we a couple just had stations. One, yeah, one hoist, so. Huh. And, you know, usually, like I said, usually when you get there in the morning, that's the only time you'd have to kind of wait a little bit. Sometimes be four or five people there, you got to wait to get your battery changed. But after that, during the day, you know, that was... Pretty slow for that guy, so there wasn't too many battery changes. Because you get your battery changed. That usually last year through a whole shift, you know, one shift. So Yeah, just doing a few different changes of shift yeah. for the most part for that right. guy. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, no, that's that's a cool perspective. I guess I never really yeah. thought of it like that. So yeah. what, um, <clears throat> when you were working on the motor line, is that when that, uh, that accident happened with that guy you were telling me about? Uh, no, that was when I was a truck driver. You want to 
explain yeah well what that actually, was <laughs> kind of how the machines worked and yeah that, uh, what happened to him it was he was it was uh, a <clears throat> The head, or not the head floor, the black floor. And they were, you know, the black floor, what they do with those blocks, you know, they start with a brooch, you know, maybe when the casting in, he's just, you know, that's the first thing they do that, you know, just kind of shapes off the top of the block, you know. Then, I mean, you know, every, all the, every little stage of the block, you know, they're just doing some. Minor. Yeah, minus, you know, just uh, cutting and, you know, with cutters and. But what this process was uh, cutting the holes through the black for the cam, for the cam to fit in there. It's, it's a little round shaft with cutters on it. And, you know, each cycle, the black would go ahead, each one, you know, each time, you know, and you would line up and then you would cycle and this thing would, you know, and cut through the little cut through the holes there that was already there but I mean you know you just kind of getting it made you know cut out the right size yep and there was a machine repair man he was a young guy I don't recall his age but he was quite young he was working on it that part for or that <coughs> processor for the cam thing I don't know he <laughs> It's kind of hard to talk about. He had his got his head in between the black and this cutting <clears throat> shaft, and it wasn't somehow it didn't wasn't supposed to cycle, but it did. Well, basically, it just uh, drilled a hole right through his head, all the way through the block, and uh, yeah, we had everybody there for. I didn't know what was going on. Everybody was running down there. And I was loading the the brooch for the black. I was off the dock, you know. We you sometimes we line up a bunch of pallets of blacks and just kind of push them up, you know. And we're not supposed to do that, but everybody did it. So, but that's what we was doing. So we had all the everybody down there, and somebody ran out and told me, "Say, don't be doing that. We got a, you know, something just happened over there." And I seen everybody over there, so I went over there, and I just seen two feet, guy. Of somebody's laying on the laying on the floor, and I found out what happened. So horrible, tragic accident. Man, yeah, yeah. That's not. Um, yeah, that was horrible. I mean, that's a good. Uh, that's a good uh, lesson for everybody else. You know, well, make sure your machine is locked out and powers. Yeah, you don't know whatever happened there. You got to do all of that. Uh, I mean, something. I don't know what. How that happened is, yeah, you have to lock everything out and shut everything down. Double check. Usually, electricians when they do that, they have to have two people. They have to use use their own locks, and somebody else has to lock them down. You know, so yeah, yep. That way, nobody can remove yeah a lock and yeah you got you know got to test know. power after it shut down. And yeah, I don't know what happened there, but things cycled somehow. I wasn't supposed to. So, man. Yeah, he had his head right in there, and then, you know, he was doing something, and then that just pinned his head against that block, and, well, just bore a hole right through his head about about two inches round, you know, about two-inch circle, maybe bigger than that, probably two and a half, 
Well, biggest round is the cam, whatever that is, you know. So right, the size is yeah, size of the cam because you got to get the lobes in there. Man, so did it complete the cycle, or you know what I mean? Was it kind of like part power and then it died, or like how did that well, machine that, work? I that I, well, yeah, that was an automatic. Thing, you know, it just went all the way in and come back. Then out, it retracted. You, know, you track it automatically, yeah. But I don't recall Man. what happened there after that. But horrible thing. Yeah, that's not. Um. Yeah, that slows everybody down. <clears throat> you know, it makes you think about. <laughs> yeah, some of the safety stuff used to kind of irritate me. I used to think, I don't know why we have to do all this, but you know, when you see something like that, you kind of understand why. I guess you know. Yeah, when I was, especially when I was younger, I didn't want to do any of that stuff. Jeez, I didn't want to wear my safety glasses. <laughs> earplugs. You know? Yeah, earplugs <laughs> and all that stuff, you know, but it's a good thing. Now, was that, I'm assuming that was probably the worst accident that happened in your 42 years there? Worst one, yeah, that's the worst one I can remember. I've seen, there was a few other ones, but that one was, <laughs> yeah, that wasn't good. I remember there was a young, young young kid was hauling some sheet metal. I think it was scrap sheet metal outside or something. He didn't have a bundled up right or tied down good enough, you know, chains. You know, you used to have those chain, not chain binders, but uh, I don't know what you call them. You know, the metal things you can strap stuff down, you know. Oh, like the banding straps? Banding, or? yeah, I couldn't think of it. That's it. You yeah. know, always band all that stuff up, but... Apparently, he didn't do a good job. I think he went on the railroad track, and <laughs> he had it stacked up pretty high, and some of that sheet metal fell on him. Man, <laughs> sliced him up pretty good. <laughs> had to take him to the hospital. It was like somebody took him to the hospital in the car, you know, because right, they just threw him in the car and ran him to the hospital. He lost a lot of blood, but he was okay. But, man, wow. it's like getting sliced with a whole bunch of knives all at the same time, you know, so <laughs> that sheet metal is really sharp. So was this an open-top? Fork truck he had, or didn't have a cage or anything on it, no frame no, around him. No, it did have, but I don't know exactly how it all got. You know, there's we didn't have very many of those that didn't have a cage on it, so I don't know. There was some, maybe that was it, but I don't recall about had the cage on it or not. But you could still get stuff inside there because I mean, you know, yeah, it was, yeah, he filled up the <laughs> man. You know, a little in that car kind of filled up with blood there on one side of the car where he was at. But oh yeah, hate to get pulled over after. You yeah, take, he might he, open the door and the blood might be running out the door or something. You know, man. Yeah, try and explain that. You know, you <laughs> leave like, you leave him at the hospital. You get pulled over on your way back to work, yeah. and <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a hard one to explain. Yeah, yeah. I guess the police officer you see it car go by and you got blood running out the doors so. all over the window yeah <laughs> man now um i can't remember if it was you or not i was younger and you were telling me about a guy that was i think it was you because i'm imagining trying to remember 100 percent, but i think it was a press something that formed you know fenders or something um where a guy was climbing in there to do maintenance and it was supposed to be locked out and it cycled on him. Didn't kill him, but it crushed him pretty good. You know, it wasn't fully energized or anything, and it just kind of... Yeah, I'll tell you, that used to scare me. Cause, I mean, I don't remember a lot about that incident, but uh, 
I know those guys are working on those dies. You know, they'd have to, they'd raise them up and then, you know, they'd put all these jacks under there. But those guys would go under there, and I mean, they're laying there right on their backs or something, you know, or looking up at the, that always scared me. I could never do it. Man, oh man, I would never get in there. It happens. It's happened before, and I mean, I guess you wouldn't feel nothing. It crushes you like a, you know, yeah. like a grape. You know, you just squish. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I can't imagine how many tons those oh, are, geez. but they're taking, you know, a preformed or oh, hardly yeah. formed sheet and pressing it into a complete part. Yeah, and I've seen them kind of, you know, not cycle right, you know, kind of, you know, that always made me kind of nervous. Like, even when they, when they were working on them, they would try and cycle them. You know, I mean, you wouldn't obviously be inside there or anything, but, you know, they, right. would, they weren't, and they would malfunction or something, you know, so, man, that was scary. Yeah, that, those, those big dies are huge, you know. Yeah, there was a lot of pressure in there. Uh, now, were those, some of those hot, hot dies, or were those all cold presses? No, Do you remember? No, most of those are cold, yeah. Man, they could do a good job, <laughs> and they were a lot of huge because a lot of them are the you know like side oh, panels or yeah doors and quarter panels yeah quarter panels are big and then hoods hoods yeah hoods <laughs> man hoods were big you know so there was a lot of them like that you know so yeah and, yeah I don't I'm lot, claustrophobic enough I don't need yeah. to. You know, yeah, I know. If you see somebody, I know I used to driving all around. You see those guys working underneath there, you know, in those press rooms, and I thought, man, Why? I don't think they could pay me enough money for that. No, <laughs> no. I mean, you know, you know if something happened, I would definitely be asking for hazard pay. <laughs> yeah, you know, big time yeah. hazard pay. Well, we did have a guy actually. He got killed or he died after an accident on a you know they would change in the dies you know we have a you know they put the dies on the floor and then i'll pick them up with another hoist you know and you know put the different hoist in but the guy running the the hoist the hoist had two other guys to kind of line up everything you know that one guy running the hoist yep and, and a couple guys uh, by the dies kind yeah of guiding a couple, it. right yeah they would do all of everything you know guiding them and unhook everything and hook up the other dies and stuff you know. well they got a little too close to this one another die there and this die kind of <laughs> crushed him pretty good so he went to the hospital but like it like got caught he between, caught between, the between two? two dies yeah he uh. didn't get underneath the die but that guy with the hoist hit him you know it's kind of squashed him with another die and uh that's what happened he finally did die after you know, he would he survived that for a while, but then he eventually injuries eventually, got him. Yeah, probably internal bleeding and yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah, I can't imagine either. You know, you're crushing some pretty soft stuff in there. You know, you rupture a spleen or something. That's oh yeah. You know, yeah, kidney failure and all that good stuff. You know, you can't. Yeah, I don't know how that happened, but those guys, you don't you don't have a lot of room in between those dies on the. But, you know, we didn't have a lot of room. You probably got, I don't know, I'm just guessing, maybe three feet time between those dies. And I don't know if something happened with one of the change on the die or something, or just 
the hoist operator just lack of communication somehow, anything something happened if you wanted to sit back i can swing this mic a little for you if you it's, want to no it's okay lean back okay well uh yeah i don't want to keep you reminiscing on the uh you know workplace injuries and accidents and stuff but did you ever have any close calls or any accidents i know you know obviously your shoulder and stuff like that but you know personally when you were driving truck did you or even when you were running you know on the motor line oh yeah everybody driving fork trucks had close calls jeez (laughs) just happens i actually one time i was uh just take some scrap out of the scrapyard, and those were scraps up in, uh, like, well, I think, well, I don't know. There was, you have, I think it was doors. No, not doors. Like, yeah, there was a lot of, they were huge scrap metal. I mean, they were huge pieces of sheet scrap. And uh, we'd have to put them on a pallet, the scrap pieces, and then uh, when you get a bunch of them, you know, you band them up, put some banding iron around them, band them, and then you take them out and dump them in the trash pit out back. And uh, I have to, I picked it, the pallet up to put it over the pit, and I have to stand up there. To, I couldn't get it off this, you know, I couldn't get the steep metal to fall off, so I had to cut the band. Oh. So, so I cut the band. As soon as I cut that band, it threw me right over backwards, and I... <laughs> All that tension? Yeah, and I went right, I fell on the ground, I fell on the floor there, or on the, back there in the pit area, and I hurt my arm. I had to go home early that day, I had to go, you know, I was off for a little while. So, that was a surprise. Yeah, that's a lot of yeah. compressing all that. I had, they, it took me to the hospital right in Lansing in there, and then when I first got there, they, <laughs> they had to call somebody in, because they put a cast on my arm, they had to wait for somebody to come in. But they first said, uh, you asked me, said, you want something for your pain? I said, no, I don't think so. I think I'm okay. And about 10 minutes later, I said, yeah, you know what? <laughs> Better give me something. I can't. Yeah, I'm going to need something. Yeah, I'm going to need something. <laughs> so then I had to wait. They had to call somebody at home. I guess I already said that. But I got, man, hurry up. I got to get out of here. And this is killing me. So, you know, I put a cast on my arm for, I don't know how long now. But <laughs> yeah. Like you had to have somebody come get you from home, you're saying, because of the meds or? No, I think I drove myself home with really? one hand, you know, <laughs> with my... Medicated up? Yeah, <laughs> my stick shit. They made it. <laughs> it was a different time. Oh, yeah. It was a different time. So how how old do you think you were about then? Well, you know, <laughs> I'd have to, if I was just a rough guess, I would say, let's see, like, trying to remember where I was at because I started out in the motor plant and this was in a plant three so I think it was probably uh, uh, I don't know uh, probably about 1985 I think something like that hmm. yeah so when yeah. did do you remember when you started at a uh, GM oh yeah 64 64 huh yeah about the time uh, I was working at the shoe factory, and I thought everybody wanted me to try and get to, to Oldsmobile. And I thought, well, okay, I'd finally put in an application, but 
And they called me, and then after I did my physical, I thought, well, you know, after I had the first couple of jobs I had, I wasn't sure I made the right choice here. I thought, well, I had some rough jobs to start with. but And I was making, <laughs> I was on a piece, pink bait piece um, by, uh, at the shoe factory. But, oh, you, they, they, I didn't know they did piece, right? Yeah, and then I was working. I was making my money there, and I was at Oldsmobile. I wasn't making a lot of money at shoe factory. I just wasn't making much at General Motors either, because I was only I started out at two dollars and sixty-five cents an hour at think, GM. Yeah, think about that, and that was in <clears throat> six, wow. yeah, nineteen sixty-four. Shortly after that, we got some raises, but you know, think about that in forty hours <laughs> doesn't add up to a lot. Man, yeah, yeah you're no. looking at and you're driving all that way, maybe a hundred dollars. Yeah, and then you know. Of course, gas didn't cost much. <laughs> Nobody even thought about the price of gas, and you know, you just fill up. Yeah, you just fill up. Hand them three dollars and fill your tank. All right, go yeah, back I, in and get your change. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I remember that when we were kids growing up in town. If somebody had a car, you know, you kind of take up a little collection. Everybody, you know, get throwing some change. You know, you come up with a couple of bucks, man. You get like fill up your car almost, you know, so go forever. Yeah, and that's back when gas mileage and emissions weren't. Yeah. A big deal either. Right. Yeah. Huh. Well, on that note, you were saying, uh, you know, you carpool, get a bunch of people together, fill up your car on the weekend. That just kind of made me think, like, leading up to, uh, you know, I guess a career, even though, you know, the shoe factory was obviously a start of it, like, leading up to that, leaving high school and stuff, uh, you know, did... Like as far as connecting with some of your friends, how often would you uh, would you guys get together and kind of talk about work and stuff, different jobs? You know, I know that's a big part of people's life. They get out of school and they kind of scatter. Now they go to college and yeah, you know, make new friends. But not, we got that many people went to college when I was graduated from high school. You know, it was kind of like the I don't know the had to have money then. List of people in our you know, had the in our school area with the. We always knew who it was. You know, all we know the people had the parents had money, but most of them didn't. So nobody even really talked about going to college. You know, because it was like, well, you know, we didn't. Nobody really expected to when they were younger. So you just kind of look for a job, if any kind of a job. Just about take any kind of a job. You know, if you want a job, just to start with, with, and you know, then try and. As long as you had a job, then you could. Kind of look around for something better, but you just wanted a job first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can see that. So, like, when you got out of high school and people started getting jobs, like, how often was that a weekend thing where you guys all still got together and did stuff, or was that you know, well, organize it once a month, or you know, it just kind of always came together. I don't know. We always have. It just worked out that way. I mean, you know, we'd kind of all be up, maybe uptown, you know, all together, and all of a sudden someone would come up with something, and, hey, let's do this. So, mm-hmm. well, I, you know, say, how much money you got? You know, so, yeah, <laughs> uh, 75 cents, that's about all I got. Well, that'll help, you know, so <laughs> we could just go somewhere and do something. That's, you know, it's so different. I've thought about it so much, you know, that, wow, we didn't have to have a lot. I really, you know, so we still had a lot of fun. I mean, you didn't have to have money to have fun. And even in a small town, (laughs) 
I think because a small town, we didn't. Everybody was friends, you know. It, it just seemed, it just seemed that way, anyway. We didn't have any, you know, competition between different parts of town or anything like that, you know, or different people, different little cliques or nothing. It was all, everybody was mm-hmm. everybody's friend. So we could all just kind of get together and do stuff together, you know, the whole town, you know, the, our group. Of course, it's, it was a small group, you know, I mean, but a lot of them it was uh, part of the family, too. I mean, we we had a some quite a few family people and uh, cousins that grew up at the same time, and right around the same age, and you know that really that's nice. nice too. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, so, yeah. I know. I've thought about. It. I thought, man, like I remember my son Michael. He said, "What the heck did you do, Dad? There was nothing to do in that little town." I said, "Well." We never had no trouble. We had, we, I loved it. I said, that was a lot of fun. A lot of things to do if you just have to, you know, if you don't have any, if you have to try to think of something to do, I mean, you know, just, I don't know. I guess if you just, when you grow up in a different, the culture is a lot different. Everything's, you know, especially now, you know, with, uh, just, you know, I know people wouldn't understand how we grew up and they wouldn't be able to understand how, how you could do that, you know, and that was, Actually, it's a blessing. It was, really was. Well, that's what I was going to ask. You know, this was all before cell phones. And, oh, yeah. You know, you had landlines, probably a lot of rotary phones still hanging around. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We had rotary phones for a long time. Yeah. You know. Click, <laughs> That was funny. Yeah, I know it sounds weird now, but, I mean, you know, you just, that's what we had. We didn't think we didn't have, we thought we everybody was moving up you know so had everything <laughs> yeah so we thought we was doing okay i mean that's what i mean it's like all the stuff we had we didn't feel like we were missing out on anything no i mean honestly uh this is my opinion might be a hot take but i feel like when you're you know staying active um especially now that you know you have things like the internet social media i think we talked about this but you, you know you can be hanging out at home talking to friends on social media, online, through text, never actually conversing. But even if you call them on the phone, you know, you're still at home alone. And your your body knows, your brain knows the difference between being with someone and not being with someone. And I mean, you, you know, you put your phone down, you're back to being alone. Even though you may be conversing, but then that can also be a spiral where you start, you know, especially if you become acclimated to communication through a device and not in person you know that change your habits of communication you might be a little bit um, more timid less apt to talk to somebody the way you handle a face-to-face interaction might be um, for the worse rather than the better you know there's no real social i'm not gonna say there's no social adversity that people are overcoming now but it, it just to me it seems like well let me ask you this i think this will drive the point home when you were young and you called a friend, or not even young, let's say in your 30s, and you called a friend and he didn't answer his phone, did you assume that he was ignoring you or that he was maybe busy? Maybe he wasn't home. Maybe he was outside mowing. You know what I mean? Or did you immediately go to the worst, like, you know, I know he's there. Why isn't he picking up? <laughs> no, that's that's what I'm saying and I was talking about earlier. I said, you know, we just grew up different. We didn't. We were all friends, you know. I, you know, I'm calling somebody that's one of my friends. I, didn't, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure things probably have done 
something. Just about all my friends, that probably ticked them off at one point <laughs> or another. But I mean, I never thought they would ever do anything like that. I know I never would, so I didn't. I assumed they would never do that. It's just they weren't available at that time, so I knew you'd, that thought would never enter your mind. Well, then my follow-up to that is, would you then think, well, I really want to hang out, so now I've got to drive over there instead of just moping around the house or finding something else to do? You know what I mean? Did you take... It, it just seems like there was more initiative in you know, yeah. your time to go and make connections, make well, things happen. You well, know? yeah, if I was talking to somebody who couldn't get a hold of him, I thought, well, he must be, you know... He's either outside or doing something, so I'll just go over and talk, you know, see him. That's just kind of how it was. I mean, you know, if he didn't happen to be yeah. there, well, then, you know. That, that's one thing. Yeah. But sure, that's how you did that. Yeah, and I mean, it, you know, like I said, it just seems to me like there was a lot more initiative, you know, not just in your generation, but like in those times, if you wanted something to happen, you had to make it happen. You know, there was no, All right. you know, pleading yeah. or, you <laughs> yeah. know openly wishing posting it anywhere so people can see you know mm, right yeah and then uh, that's what i mean that's what i'm talking about when i grew my area i mean when i grew up not the area but i mean the time it's so different and that and ties to work ethic too you know oh yeah there's everybody's got dreams but you know the difference is who's making it happen you know what i mean who's following through doing the work doing the research putting in the time you know mm-hmm I know, it's, and the thing is, it's easier probably when you're single. But, you know, when you've got a relationship, whether it's with your friends or, you know, a girlfriend or whoever, there's added communication. You know, obviously, that you know, you got to communicate that, hey, I'm doing this because it's a dream. And I feel like a lot of people don't know how to communicate that, so they end up getting steered around in their relationships. You know, they may not want to lose a friend or they, you know, may not oh, want to spend true. the time with someone and... You know, they'd rather discard a destination they're trying to get to, give up on that for the moment. You know, there's oh, no true. real, I don't want to say foresight, but there's no real, uh, you know, it's hard to see down the road nowadays. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's the way I see it too. Yeah. So when you were hanging out, I mean, even, you know, at, at any point in your life, um, do you have any unexplained occurrences that maybe, you know, hanging out with the friends one night, looking at the stars, you see a UFO, or maybe, you know, be hanging out at home and maybe think you see a ghost, or, you know, you turn around, you see somebody, you turn around, they're gone, or is there anything like that that kind of sticks out in your memory? Yeah, I remember once when I was still um, living in parents with my mother and dad. I had a friend up, I believe it was Ronnie. Ronnie. We were out at night and we seen this lake kind of flashing across the sky. So it went, and it was halfway between our town and Middleton. You know, and So we kept walking down the road. We kept, what is that? What, what, what's going on? But it was it was strange, but I'm sure it was nothing. But for a couple of young kids, it it was kind of spooky. But and I never didn't know what it was. But it was just some kind of a light. It just kept seem on the. It was almost like a, a flashlight on the clouds was moving around, you know. So, hmm. and it was a 
What's it? You know, we'd lose it and then it would be over. You know, we'd move it, see it again. And I've always remembered that because it was uh, you know, one of those weird things that happened. How, do you know about how old you were? Oh, I don't. You know, I'm probably guessing probably about 15, 14, 15, something like that. Hmm. Yeah. So in that time, <clears throat> about that time, well, I guess if it was a helicopter, you would have heard it. But was it? did it have kind of like a pattern, uh, a flight pattern like an airplane, or was it just kind of erratic? It was more like erratic, you know, because it would, like you said, hmm. we could see it, then it would move, you know. I don't know. I can still see it, but I don't know what it was. It's probably nothing, but it was <laughs> whatever it was, some kind of a light phenomena or something, you know, so. Yeah, that sounds pretty suspect because, you know, obviously airplanes, for the longest time, they've had to have their nav lights on them and, yeah. you know, that would have been something oh, that yeah. probably would have stuck out, seeing a green or red flasher. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, this is more like an orange light. Like a lantern. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. And this was between Parrington and Middleton. Yeah. Because I remember we walking down, we kept walking down the road, you know, towards Middleton. You know, and it just kept moving on us, and, and I don't recall how we ever just, <laughs> how it ended, but huh. I know I still remember that, though. Yeah, so this must have been, obviously, after dark. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah, at night, obviously. Wow. Well, have you got any other ones that kind of <laughs> stick out? You know, any experience, like I said, it doesn't have to be, like, well, aliens no, I, or I ghosts, just, but You're talking about after night, I just happened to think of something that was, oh, we we did a lot, you know, like, we always had street lights on our corners. We had one right close, we lived on a corner, and I'd go out, you, you see bats flying around in the, by the lights, you know, so yeah, you go yeah. out there underneath those lights and you could... Throw, like, I do remember those things you could throw up, like baseball gover. I remember badminton rackets. We could throw them up in the air, and those bats would fall them right down, you know. So, And it was we had a lot of fun with those bats. Just uh, watching them chase yeah, whatever but, you Yeah, that's one of the things I'm saying. You know, a lot of people would say, well, man, that sounds weird. What You know, why would you do something like that? Well, that's what we did. You know, you just, we didn't have uh, phones or nothing. You know, you just did things like, you know, you just, make your own entertainment you know so and that was like i said that was a good thing yeah i can attest to the bats being fun because um out here there was one night you were telling me about it we were playing catch oh yeah and uh you did that with a baseball you'd throw it up and it would yeah they, i mean you could see it it would chase it for yeah, they'll fall it right back down for quite a ways you yeah. know almost within reach yeah. and then they'd break away last second or whatever but, yeah yeah, some of them bats, you know, they would come right down the... <laughs> eight, you know, eight feet off the ground before they... Yeah. Before they cut and level out, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's that's good stuff. <laughs> anything weird in the woods? You know, any Sasquatch sightings or anything like that? Oh, no, I haven't never seen any Sasquatch, <laughs> but I, I did see some flying squirrels a couple of times, which I never knew even existed in our area, so... Well, the first time, I was came home from work, and Mike was, Matt was so excited, mostly Mike, he comes running out, and he said, I got a, I shot a squirrel, a flying squirrel, and I, I said, you did not. <laughs> I said, I thought he was crazy, you know. He said, yeah, I did, it's in the garage. I said, so, I said, come on, I'll look at it, go see it. And I said, I went over there, and here it was. I thought, wow, holy crap, I couldn't believe it. And, you know, it was a flying squirrel. 
and he was in the woods with his brother Matt and my my dad. They were out in the woods when I, and they just kind of pushed over an old snag. And it was like probably eight, ten feet tall. And the, those flying squirrels are in that snag, and they had their BB guns. So somehow they got shot at one and got it. I didn't know what to do with it because I thought I was kind of scared. I thought, well, I don't know if you're supposed to shoot these things, you know, maybe so. I kept it for a while in the freezer. I didn't know what to do with it, but, you know, and I don't recall whatever happened. But that one time I was uh, bow hunting and there was a another tree that, you know, was kind of a dead tree that just top blew out of it, yep. you know, just about dark. And I hear some scratching, like, you know, scratch, scratch, you know, it's, uh, what is that? And I look, and I, I could tell where it was coming from. And I just, I look up, and then there was those, a flying squirrel come up out of the top of that tree, and he jumped and he glided all the way down. About he landed like on another tree about ten feet from me, right about the same height I was. And I'm looking right at him, and he was, he stood there on that tree for a minute, and then he just flew to the ground. You know, and he took off walking. So then I seen that one other time. Right, in the, right out of the, obviously the same tree. So I never even knew we had flying squirrels existed around here. I didn't mean, know there was any, but yeah. apparently, I don't know if there's still any around or not, but they might be. I never thought they were before, but so they could be now. <laughs> I do know, um, you know, up until about maybe 15 years ago there were, there was uh, one of your bluebird houses you built in the lane by the rock pile. Um, always used to have mice and whatnot in it. And, yeah. you know, we always used to run around and open up all the birdhouses that were out in the, you know, swale and whatnot and get all the mice out. Cause you know, after, every couple of weeks they'd build a nest and, uh, I remember I opened the one out in the lane right out back by the barn and there were two flying squirrels in there and, uh, you know, the one jumped out. He kind of glid to the ground across the lane. I can't remember if he went in the rock pile or what he did, but I lost him. And then, you know, the other one, you know, went around the back side of the house. <laughs> kind of, you know, stayed on the birdhouse. Yeah. And uh, I, don't, I don't remember whatever happened there. It kind of scared me when I opened it because, oh, yeah. I mean, I opened it and then boom, he, you know, he hopped out, oh, yeah. literally yeah. glid under underneath my chin, it felt like. and Yeah. Glided, glid, whatever, you know, yeah. but. Yeah, I know, that's amazing. So, yeah, I know, I, I just never heard anybody ever talking about seeing any around here or anywhere, you know, so that's why I was shocked when I first seen that one. But, Do you remember um, one of the putt-putt courses up by Higgins, by the cabin up there? Uh, yeah, I, I know which one you're talking about, yeah. They had... These little feeders looked like a little platform with a plate on it, and they'd put popcorn on it. Oh, yeah. I remember that now. <laughs> there were a couple nights, you know, we'd go putt-putting after dark or whatever. I keep bumping that cord. We'd go putt-putting after dark, you know, or right before dark, and it'd get dark, and then all of a sudden you'd start seeing, you know, yeah. something out of the corner of your eye, and you'd turn, and there's nothing there. And then you see something else out of the other side. You turn, there's nothing there, and it was just those flying squirrels gliding from yeah plate yeah. to plate. Yeah. <laughs> and that was pretty cool. Yeah. That was about the only time I've ever been, actually it is the only time I've ever been close to one other than 
what I was just telling you about when they bust out of that house like that. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, that would scare you. Open that up and they take out of there like off like that. Yeah, I know. I've done that before with birds. Op- open it up, <laughs> check it out, and I'll, a bird will fly out of there when you open that door. About <laughs> hit you in the face. Yeah. Every time. Scares me. <laughs> I duck. Yeah. You know, even though they're not going to do anything. Yeah, it's amazing me. The first time I used to open those up and see the mice in there. I don't know. I, I can never figure how those mice go right up those poles, those you know, steel poles. Don't have no problem. They can climb about anything, I guess. And quick. I mean, you'd clear oh, yeah. a house out, you know, and then open yeah. it up a week or two later to see if a bird's getting in there yet. And mice, are they have another nest built up to the hole, you yeah. know, the yeah. whole way. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Active. But I guess when that's all they have to do is just... I guess that's a good point. You know, so they, they don't do, have to yeah. go to work. They yeah, just... right. That's it. They got all... <laughs> just like, you know, the beaver's busy as a beaver, you know. That's all they do all day long. Every, you know, just work, work, work. Work on their little <laughs> houses, bird, you know. So same as mice and a lot of those animals outside. That's all they do. They well, don't take breaks or nothing. I mean, you know, they don't do any hobbies of any kind they don't have nothing. all they do is eat and build their nest <laughs> that's it every day well you bring up beavers and that that's a good that's something i've been meaning to ask you about because back on the flats i can't tell you how many times i've been back there and i've seen you know especially by the high banks there's trees that are chewed yeah but i've never seen a bee well that's a lie i haven't seen one in probably 10, 15 years, you know. Do you remember there ever being beavers back here on the river or uh, anything like that? Because recently, a couple years ago, I guess, um, I think it was Gregory and I went bow fishing. We went late one morning, maybe 4 or 5 in the morning. We shot all the way up to the high banks and it started getting light. So we started trolling back for pike and bass, whatever, just casting, you know. Mm-hmm. And when it got light, we noticed that there was what looked like a beaver dam, or not a beaver dam, but a beaver lodge uh-huh. back by the high banks. Um, but we haven't seen a beaver, so. I have never seen one but down to the river, but I have seen signs. And it was like, I think it was two years ago, two or three years ago. I went down to the little, uh, this little drainage that's close to the river, and I got just about <clears throat> close to the river, and there was some. Trees of the fresh bark it chewed off all the way around. Pretty, and you know, I thought, well, this got to be a beaver. So I mean, it was all white, you know. And it was yep. just it just been done, and you could see all the wood chips around, you know, around the tree. <laughs> I never, and I mean, it stood right out because you, you know, it was so white because they just you could just see peel that bark right off. Oh, that's got to be beavers, and and that and that would have been the right area because that's what they do, you know, just cut those trees down right by the little creek there so they could. Damn that! Damn it up! Damn it up! Yeah. So I didn't think about it for a while. I thought, well, you know, then it was a few days later. I'm going to go back down there and take my trail camera down there, see if I could get a picture of them. But when I went back down there, I didn't see no more activity, so I didn't uh, leave my camera. So I don't know. I'm sure it was beaver, but I don't. I think they just was there one day, maybe, and and just abandoned that area. But I'm, you know, there's got to be some down there somewhere. No. <clears throat> mentioning the trail cam makes me uh just re- reminds me that was that last year you uh got those fox on trail cam that yeah, fox, I had, fox I had, done 
Oh yeah, that was at Fox Den. That was <laughs> yep. Shields. That was, yeah, there was a bunch of them. Little, uh, I think it was five of them. Yeah, they was pretty neat. They were little, little cubs, I guess. Whatever you call them, little pups. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised they were there this year, and they might be there now. I mean, this that's true. That's getting pretty close. Yeah, that you know, that's a pretty mark. That's a den there. It's pretty neat. It's so I'm sure they're going to keep using that. Yeah, I feel like it's usually pretty close to now. Mid-April they start, or should be popped, because, um, you know, just like the coyotes time the fawn drop for yeah. their pups. You oh, know, their yeah. pups are big enough that they can yeah, scoop up fawns and stuff, which that's kind of weird, too, just the way that biology works. You know, you got oh. those predators that schedule their, yeah. their calving <laughs> around... Uh, the yeah. prey calving. I guess this works out for everybody. All the animals. <laughs> yeah. Except for the ones that don't make it. That's yeah. the unfortunate part. Well, yeah, Cheryl and Clint had that fox right up in their yard there a couple of times. You've seen them going through the yard, but that one day they would just look out there and he's laying right there by the pool, you know. Yeah. Clint had to run out there and, you know, she didn't have to. I said he had, he just had the hose. He was going to spray them and he took off. And of course, that made Cheryl kind of mad. So. Yeah, I don't know why he was going to. It's not like, I mean. Unless he would have gotten in the pool and drowned or something because he couldn't get out. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, as long as you're paying attention to him, just let him do his thing. Yeah. Keep an eye on him, chaperone him, whatever. Yeah, you know, it reminds me, I had one do that here one year. He would, three or four nights in a row, you'd come up, I'd see him walk up by the road, and he'd lay down and roll around out in front by the big oak tree. He'd do the same thing every night. I don't know, it was, it was weird, but, yeah, here comes the fox. He just lay down and stretched like a little dog, you know, and scratch himself a little bit, you know. And it, it was kind of interesting to watch him, but hmm. yeah, I forgot about that one. Must have been a favorite cover scent spot. Yeah, I don't whatever know what he was. was doing. Yeah, come same place every night. Now, uh, I think it was you that was telling me about that gray fox when you were ball hunting. Oh yeah, yeah, that one I won't ever forget. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't know. I was was out here in my woods, right in the first stand I got out here. I seen the spikes coming, so I don't know if I can get a shot in. Oh, well, I finally did to get one shot, and I I missed him. I don't know if I shot over below, high or low, but he just took off running really quick, man, about ten yards, and stopped, stopped, and turned around, looking around. And uh, maybe he'd give me another shot. So he would just kind of walk back where he was. I shot again, same thing. Missed him again. <laughs> and it was, you know, it's only like 15 yards. <laughs> Adrenaline. Yeah, I don't know what it was. And then he did, he went, the, after the second shot, he did the same thing. He ran just like 10 yards, stopped, and he looked around. He came back, sniffing around, you know, looking like, well, he didn't know what was going on, but he didn't take off. Well, I shot at him again. Missed him again. I couldn't hit him. I thought, well, I'll give up. He finally took off. I shot three times and I missed him, like, I don't know, pretty close, 15 yards or maybe. <laughs> he, yeah. he never. Of course, you know, there is not much to those fox. There's gray fox, you know, just a lot of fur, but I mean, you know. They're yeah, not, they're not big. Body wise, they're not very big. <laughs> he didn't tree, huh? No. He just finally took off. I don't even think he was scared. Just kind of jogged off. Never I couldn't even get close enough to scare him. 
Never adjusted the arrows. Never did an investigation. But he actually came back, and after that first shot, he came right back to the arrow. He's kind of looking like, huh. He's kind of sniffing around right, almost the same spot where I shot at him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that, what, for whatever reason, I don't know. He came back and looked at that arrow like, hmm. I don't know. Maybe he's just laughing at me. It could have been just mocking you. Yeah. <laughs> you know. He never seen me. He never smelled me or anything, so. But he didn't seem to scare him. That was back in the aluminum arrow days, uh, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, that bow I had was, I, I, didn't have, I didn't have sights on it then either, you know. So it's an old antique bow, you know. So, you know, you didn't shoot very good on those old bows like you can now. No. Well, it, uh, was that the bow you killed that one big eight with? Or was that your, your Sierra when you ended up putting sights on it? No, no, that was the one before that Sierra Bowl. I think that was my, uh, again, Jesus, I don't even, remember what it was. I know what it was, but I can't think of it right now. It's <laughs> not a bear? No. I had a bear bow, and I had another bow after that. And that's Parker? What, no, th- it wasn't Parker, but. I thought I remember oh, Parker I, out there. Oh, man, I can't remember that. I don't know. Yeah, I just had a little flipper on it. Arrest. <laughs> yeah, and again, like you were saying with the rotary phones, you know, you thought you were at the oh, yeah. cutting edge of technology right there. Oh, yeah. Now you have a fall away. Well, I remember you know. when it first came out with those compound bows, I thought, well, you know, you know, they haven't been around forever, you know, because I remember when they first came out with them. I finally, I don't know, one of, somebody at shop bought one and it was a friend of my friends and we decided to buy one. So I, that how it I, works. I've still got that bow, you know. <laughs> it's it's weird. It's a bear bow. I think I paid like sixty five dollars for it. That was probably one of the first compound bows bears ever made. And <laughs> I used to shoot fish with it. It's basic bow, I'll tell you it's not much technology involved in that thing. <laughs> no, no, that was one of the first bows I ever shot fish with. Between <laughs> yeah. that and the old Nova. Oh yeah. Yeah. Things have changed. So have you got any good uh, hunting stories with that bow, or did those come later? Uh, well, I didn't never shot anything with that bow. Jeez, <laughs> that was that was such a I don't know. You'd have a recurve that outdo that bow, you know. Or <laughs> I mean, to hit something with, especially you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. and it'd be more a lot more efficient. That bow was loud, from what I remember, oh, it was pretty loud. Yeah, Heck, yeah, but. Yeah, only might be the only way you could kill one with maybe be a heart attack or something. <laughs> Make enough noise. <laughs> yep. Scare it. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of hunting, you got any any stories that kind of pop out? You know, anything that kind of stands out as far as you know, whether it's deer, squirrel, turkey, bunny, anything like that that. You know, not even, it doesn't even have to be a harvest, but, you know, maybe an encounter or uh, anything like that. Well, I had a lot of those encounters that just didn't work out. You know, something always happened. You know, I had plenty of those. But, <laughs> but the one day I shot and I was back by the river, like, just about dark. And I was, you know, just average six point. But when I shot him, I shot him too far back and I. He, uh, 
I could, he, I was pretty open back there, so I could see him. You know, like he went towards the river from where I was at, and he went maybe hundred yards or so. Then he fell over. So by the time I got down there and got everything done, man, it was pitch dark. So I got, I got my, my tree stand or my stand, my portable stand. You know, Climber? That was a, that, yeah, the That was an old antique baker one of the first ones they ever made a thing was heavy made out of wood i mean you know the steel and wood yes <laughs> yeah and it you know it just kind of fit you have a little strap you know to fit over your shoulders and you know yeah that was heavy and then i got to try and carry my bow and drag that deer and i got just some little weak flashlight and it was so dark you didn't know which way you were going so no stars or anything no. like that to help so one thing you could do is like I drag my my portable stand and take my bow about twenty yards. Go back, grab the deer and pull it up there. You know, start over to the same thing. I don't know, three or four times when I'd uh, go back, get the gear to go back and get my bow and stuff. I'd be I get turned around a little bit. I mean I'd get I don't know how long it would take me to get out of there. I couldn't you couldn't go straight. And I think I'm going this way and going back that way, but for twenty yards you think it wouldn't happen. When it's pitch dark, you, you can't see anything because it's more than 10 feet away from me, you know. So, I mean, you know, I could never find my bow or my uh, my stand. Or my, my, I mean, my... <laughs> well, especially my with those old flashlights. Yeah, you know. I, those flashlights you, weren't, you know. Yeah, you know, I can remember those little flashlights I had. I never thought about that. I guess now, you know, you got, geez, you can see miles from the flashlights you got now. And that one I had, it was so weak, you know, and I just thought that's what everybody used, you know, so. I know that was time I got out of that field, you know, to where I knew where I was at, but it took a while. Yeah, then I was okay, but I mean, that was a long process, getting that deer up out of the, curb back by the river, curb up through all that woods, about 20 feet at a time, and I keep getting turned around, you know, I keep losing my deer or my bow or something, you know, so. Yeah. Going back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, people. You gotta be a better system than what I was doing out that night. So. <laughs> well, nowadays, uh, you know, there's guys that use Onyx or whatever that track them. Yeah. Track their actual trail through the woods. They can follow their exact trail back oh, out or yeah. you can get on maps, you right. know, Google Maps, whatever, kind of know where you're at. All right. Satellite view. Oh, yeah. That's so different. <laughs> I know. I, I just know that I was thinking about it. I remember that happening once when I was hunting my neighbor. So. Across the road over to, uh, is that Reddens? Reddens, yeah. I shot a buck over there one night, and it was the same thing. It was dark, and it was snow on the ground. So that was with my gun, though, not my bow. Anyway, so I started dragging this deer out. Man, it seemed like it was taking me a long time to get out of that woods, and on pretty soon I come across another set of tracks. I thought, well, they look like fresh tracks. Where'd they come from? Well, and then about that time, I realized they were my tracks. You did a big circle? I did a big circle. I've been dragging that deer around a circle <laughs> for like, I don't know, an hour or so. <laughs> by that time, I was, you know, I was about beat by then anyway. I couldn't, after I dragged that deer, and I didn't went anywhere yet. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, so I started taking a compass with me, you know, after that, so. Yeah. So, and in which way I was going, so. Now that one was that was strange. That's almost embarrassing to tell anybody, but you know that. No, we all have those stories. <laughs> we all have those. <laughs> yeah.
I've got quite a few of those, you know. Yeah, I've, I've got a daytime one where I got lost, you know. <laughs> get in a new patch of state land, and you keep oh. thinking, oh, you know, I'll go back another hundred yards, see what's up. Uh, another hundred yards, that looks promising, you know. And then, yeah, before you know it, you don't recognize any trees, any landmarks. There's no tracks. Yeah, you know. So then you just oh. you just got to use the sun. Be like, I know. Yeah, that can... way is where I'm at. Right. You got something you can go by, but <laughs> at nighttime, I don't know when it's. Kind of hard at nighttime sometimes, you know, so when it's really dark. And that moon moves quick, even if it's out, you know, it's hard to use yeah. that because it moves so fast. Yeah. And it's in a different spot every night, it feels like, so it's hard <laughs> to, you kind of got to use it by night, you know, by yeah. each night individually to track where you're at. Yeah. You know, when you were uh, like uh, that one, I was dragging that deer when I ran across my old tracks, I thought, man, I wanted to, I wanted to give up right there, you know. I thought I was just, <laughs> yeah. I was beat already. I was, I even went, I made a big circle. Ain't went anywhere yet. I thought, man, never gonna make it. Well, yeah, you start dragging a deer by yourself a long ways, and it don't take very long. Those things you think you're hauling a freight train or something, you know? Dragging a car hood. Yeah, dragging something. <laughs> just like it's getting heavier every step, you know. I remember um, one of the bigger eights you shot. Uh, you came in. It was late, but you came in and. Uh, I was, man, I might have been like six or seven. Yeah, you remember what you, that story. <laughs> I remember that deer that shot. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Graham and I had yeah. to go out and help you. I don't remember all the details because I was pretty young, but I just remember following you guys, dragging it with the with the flashlight, and I kept not using the flashlight very well, so you guys kept having to stop and kind of redirect me. Yeah, that was... I think you actually had a lantern on you too. Yeah, if I remember lantern, right. Lantern, you know. Think about that. Trying to find, see where you're going to lantern. To, you know. Yep, I remember that one. I remember when you went out and helped me, and because uh, I came back in to get some help. <laughs> that was. I remember that deer because I shot that deer too high. Shot him right in the backbone, and he just dropped, paralyzed him. His back legs. He could. You know. He was kind of up on his front legs. But he couldn't go nowhere. He couldn't move his back leg. So, uh, I thought, now what am I gonna do? You know, he's gonna. I gotta finish him off somehow. So, <laughs> I get down and I don't. I don't know what the heck to do. I thought, okay, well, I just knocked another arrow and I wait, get right up close to him. I had to shoot him. You know, through the ribs there. <laughs> Second time, you know, so I could take care of him. I guess you know. So that was that was weird. You shoot one in the. The back like that. That's those old bows for you, you know. That finger shooter too, right? <laughs> yeah. Shooting my finger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's even more. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Shot him too high. Shot him right in the back. Right in the backbone. He just paralyzed him. He just went flop right on the ground. Boom. You know. Remember about how far he was? Was it pretty oh. steep angle? Yeah. It was kind of a. You know, he wasn't too far, probably, but probably. I don't know. Less than twenty yards. Yeah, that was <laughs> quite an experience. Shoot one like that. Yeah, those are um, definitely landmarks in the hunting memories. Yeah, know? I like to have them. You know, you shoot them, they run off, and you get up there, they're already gone. You know, I don't want to have to shoot a deer when it's already alive. You know, I have to shoot them again. <laughs> That's not a good experience, but no. No, I you know. I know there's no difference, but I mean, you know. I mean, yeah. You don't want to look at that deer and have to shoot him again. It's like when he can't move. 
Well, I, I remind me one time I know I had a my brother-in-law. He used to put uh, apples out and stuff, you know. If I was hunting there, and I, I was, I guess I was just doze. So I didn't know if I was going to shoot him anyway. But they were, those doze come up here and started eating those apples. You know, I'm thinking, I I don't think I can shoot that deer when he's sitting there eating an apple. It just didn't seem right to me. <laughs> yeah, and that's a tough one. Yeah, I know. I thought, well, he's just sitting there eating an apple. And I thought, man, I don't, it's not right for me to shoot a deer when he's sitting there eating an apple. So, well, I mean, so, guess if you shoot at him before he gets there, he gets there. You know, I guess you're okay. <laughs> so let me ask you then, what's because obviously a food plot feels a little yeah, different. You know, yeah. what's so what? What is the difference between a food plot and well, you know, a bait pile in your mind? I don't know. You know, I guess it's the same, but just you know, if you're eating some kind of a grain or something off a field, like, I think that's just I don't know. It just seems more natural. It seems different than have to, you know feed him an apple or something you know but i have actually done it before i mean not i never shot one like that but i've actually put you know when you could do that i put bait out like that so so i probably could have done it but it just i just remember that one time i thought i don't know this sound this looks weird see my theory was going to be the work that goes into it you know maintaining a food plot and yeah kind of planning you know turning the ground all that good stuff yeah that's different yeah, if you got old. Rather than just buying a bag of apples or going to the orchard and being like, hey, yeah. load up my truck with your drunk apples. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you're feeding a lot of deer, though, with that, too. So, you know, you're only going to take one. So you're doing good for the rest of those deer. Well, that's true. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. The deer and, you know, if you're using corn or whatever you got squirrels and yeah. all sorts of birds that are coming in and taking advantage yep yeah that's a good way to look at it yeah kind of helping everybody out yeah you know putting meat in your fridge but you're also putting fat on bodies that you're not putting in your fridge so yeah. right especially when winter's coming you know yeah. usually later in the year you do that huh. well other than uh the deer have you got any well, I guess even your harvest, have you got any of the kids, you know, Mike, Matt, you know, anything that kind of sticks out as far as, you know, <laughs> any of their hunting escapades? Well, <clears throat> I don't know. I, only, I don't know if I, maybe I mentioned that before. I don't remember. I know Matt, <laughs> we were hunting one. I think it was, you know, we hunted in the morning and it came back and we, was, we were in the house and Somehow this this buck showed up close to the house. So Matt takes a shot at it and he hits it. But, it, you know, not a good hit. But So the deer takes off. Shotgun or bow? I don't even remember now if it was. No, Muzzle it loader? I, you know, it was. I might have been. A, I, I don't remember. But I know it wasn't a bow. But deer took off, went back towards the river. We tracked that thing almost all the way back to the river. Somebody else already told me he got back here. Somebody else, he died, and they, you know, so they knew it was a deer we were tracking. So we, you know, give it to us. So we shot it right here by the house, and the deer went clear down the river, and we had to drag it all the way back. Which is over a half mile. Yeah. I mean, I said, Matt, next time, shoot that deer at the river and have him go the other way. So, <laughs> to the house. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> We didn't have to drag him all the way. You don't shoot him in the house, let him go to the river. And we got to drag him back. Yeah, shoot him down the river and have him run back to his house. (laughs) 
Was it Matt Kent that did that? Shot one at the uh, across the gap here in the CRP field, and it ran across the field and died on the property line. I feel like I remember somebody only had to drag one hundred yards or so to the corner, but they shot it. Yeah, know. yeah, that was pretty close. Yeah, he did that. Yeah, that worked out pretty good. That's the way you want to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If <clears throat> if you have any power in it, definitely. Yeah. Guide them toward the house. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's words of the wise right there. Mm-hmm. Work smarter, not harder. Yeah. Yeah, well, I heck, I remember I was probably maybe eight, nine when Mike shot that deer off the porch. I was just gonna say, I was just gonna bring that up. I was just thinking about that. Yeah, you called me at work that one night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. Because that was before the porch had rails. And oh yeah. yeah. You had to be careful out there if there was any ice on there. You might slide right off. Yeah, and I, <laughs> it was getting dark. You know, I know it was pretty close to dark when he shot it it was just one of those things where just ended up working out perfect and he put a good shot on it you know heck i remember when uh i'll let you tell the story it's not a long story but you went out to uh unload a muzzle loader and you looked out and there was a doe yeah (laughs) that was my my pennsylvania hunter you know that's the round ball you know black powder but it was pyrodex i guess but those guns are with the blast cap yeah you you know you if you loaded them up you know you almost had to shoot them that day if you were lucky to get two days out of them you know you didn't want to bring them in a house after you hunted with them all day because you know they would come in and get condensation in the barrel you know your powder would get wet and you'd never fire no, okay. so, so you'd, you'd leave always, it outside in the cold yeah if you would yeah if you leave it outside you know you, you might you'd have Maybe a good chance of fire, but maybe you never really knew. So you, you never want to take that chance when you're hunting. You don't want to go out deer hunting and have you pop, you know, nothing happened. The only thing that went off is a cap. So I thought, well, I better shoot that gun and uh, so I can reload it. So I just stepped out the back door of the garage just to look around. I thought, oh, let's see if I can find something to shoot at because I just wanted to shoot something. I looked just about that time a deer come out of the corner of the swale. It's about... Probably about 90 yards. Huh, there was a deer. So I said, well, that's a nice target. Yeah. So <laughs> I touched the muzzle loader off and it went off. So that was uh, probably the easiest deer I ever shot, you know. And then I, but I came back to the house. I do remember this, though, because I thought, oh, I just came back in and let him go for a few minutes. And I went back out to. It was so much water out there in that swale. He only went about ten yards, and then he went into deep water. Jeez, so he didn't go very far. He was in the water, but I had to get you know walk through that deep water to get him out of the water. But well, that was interesting because <laughs> I guess that's the yeah. You know, I'm gonna say Mike and Matt have shot a deer pretty right off the deck here, but that's the only one I ever shot by my house. I just happened to just want to unload my muzzle loader, and I happened the deer have to cooperate with me, so. Gotta happen to say, here's some freezer yeah, filler. I guess that must be what happened. Cause I don't know. It worked out for me. I mean, you gotta thank <laughs> that deer too. You know. Oh that's, yeah. That's a case of yeah. wrong yeah. place. Yeah. <laughs> wrong time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that was the same same muzzleloader too. Like the following year, uh, you shot that doe out of the pond stand, and she about went into the pond. Yeah. <laughs> You know, almost had to put yep. the waders on to get her out of the pond. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I don't know if you remember you were talking about having to, when you spined that buck and, you know, how uncomfortable that is. I don't know if you remember. It was probably my uh, second or third year uh, bow hunting. And, uh, you know, I had set some stands up along the west line and uh, along the cornfield. Or actually, it was beans at the time. And I went out hunting, and it, the wind picked up, got super windy. It was before we had weather apps. You know, you could look, watch the TV and see what it was going to be, but it was never yeah. accurate, you know. And um, I, I remember I had a tree, and uh, it was a maple, but it was probably, or a stand in a maple that was probably foot and a half around. I mean, I wasn't very big at the time, but, you know, it was, the tree was just a little bit bigger than, you know, uh, my stand notches so it was comfortable i had it pretty tight but that tree was just i mean i felt like i was moving 20 degrees either direction you know when the wind was blowing <laughs> big old gust coming up yeah so i got uncomfortable i got down and uh i remember I, I stalked out to the bean field and um ended up seeing a couple does so i made a plan i was like all right i'm gonna stalk you know because the wind was blowing in my face you know, they were to the west, I was to the east of them. And I made a plane, made a big old circle, crawled on my hands and knees, got on the fence line within about, man, 15, 18 yards tops. And I sat there and I watched them for about 15 minutes. And uh, they were kind of quartering away from me. And then for whatever reason, they decided to start feeding back. You know, I was facing west. Uh, they would have been coming back south, uh, I guess southeast, so they were kind of coming toward me, and uh, they ended up kind of feeding back toward me, and the big doe gave me a broadside shot, put a perfect shot on her, and, uh, you know, I backed out of there, I watched her go down, you know, I watched the arrow pass right through her, heard the hit, you know, everything was perfect, backed out of there, came in the house, you know, made the long way. Which it wasn't the long way, but big circle through the lane, and uh, you ended up. I think I think that's back when you were working seconds, because I I remember you got home a little late, and uh, we went out there to look for, her, but it was starting to rain, and I was, I mean, I took a knee in this. I shot her from my knees. I took a knee in the spot that I shot her. I had you walk right out to where I hit her. We found. You know, the spot she was standing. But for whatever reason, we couldn't track her. And I mean, she probably only went 40 yards. You know, I watched her go down. We made grids all through the field. Couldn't find her. Yep, I, I remember that. Yeah, it was starting to rain harder and harder. We went up, up and down that field. I don't know how many times. We got lights and just couldn't find that doe. No, and then I think it was the next morning. Uh, yeah. You looked out the window and what'd you say? You thought you saw a plastic bag or something out there and Yeah. That was her belly. Yeah, it was something white. I thought, what is that? Something out white out in my field. <laughs> I get sent up in the house. And we went we were, I walked out there, huh, that was that white belly of the doe. She was laying right there. And uh how we missed her that night, I don't know if we went, we would we even had a neighbor helping us. There was three of us in it, but it was raining pretty good. 
we couldn't find any, you know, because it rained so hard, we couldn't find any blood or anything. I mean, it was raining too hard. We covered that whole field. <laughs> Somehow I was right in the center of the field almost. We I, missed him until that next morning. I remember I had a hard time sleeping because, you know, yeah. you know, yeah, Chris came over, and I remember I was just starting to question because you guys were talking, and I just remember I was starting to question whether or not yeah. What I saw happen happened. I mean, when we, you know, yep. got to her, it was perfect shot. Like I thought, you know, like I said, I watched her go down, and for yeah. whatever reason, like you said, we felt <laughs> felt like we covered the whole field, just never. Yeah. You know, so I mean, those you know yeah, those, those things, things happen sometimes. Yeah. You know, regardless, you know, embarrassing or not, you, <laughs> as long as you learn from it, you know, yeah. it's um, yeah, it's it's not. A completely bad experience you know right uh greg and brandon and i were talking on the three brothers podcast about like uh insecurities it's kind huh. of what we ended on and <laughs> i had a couple of uh couple of things uh you know i wanted to add to it you know after we got done but one of the things was you know how people might project something um you know one of the examples i was using was you know people without a lot of money spend all their money on really nice things like watches or cars. Oh yeah. But you know, it's they put themselves through the stress of not being able to pay their bills or yeah, get a house, you know, to move out or whatever. And one of the things I kind of tied that to was um, you know, an insecurity of either where they're at, but also the projection of you're not what you want people to think you are, so you're trying to you right, know, you know. Yeah. I know that's and the thing I wanted to add to that, the back end, was you can actually use that for positive. You know, if you take that insecurity or you take that thing that you want to project and you own it and you say, okay, I'm not this, but I want to be this, and you use it for motivation, you know. I mean, that's one of the things, that's what I was getting at is, you know, after that experience, you know, I I kind of had this because at the time I kind of talked myself out of even thinking that what I saw happen to happen, you know? Yeah. And after that experience, I, you know, I didn't take it as, you know, I messed this up, you know, which I did, but I didn't take it as, um, you know, yeah. in the bad way. I kind of used that to, every, you know, every deer that's been shot after, I kind of, you know, I, I make sure I'm not stepping on blood. You know, um, I make sure I mark my last spot clearly. So if I do lose, you know, blood, I know where the last spot is. And I, like I said, I'm trying not to step on it. I'm, as far as perseverance goes, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking at it like, oh, maybe I didn't see what happened happen. You know, I mean, it good comes out of those things. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure obviously when you spined that buck, you're probably thinking, man, you know, next time before I release the arrow, take an extra breath or whatever, just because you don't want to yeah. re-experience right. that, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you learn something. You just have to make sure you, you use that knowledge of what you learned, to, you know, so, so you don't make those mistakes second time. Right. Yeah, use it for good. You know, use it yeah. as, as kind of like a like a secret power. Mm-hmm. Um, well, did you want to pause for a minute? I was looking to get it, you know, at least about another half hour. We got about an hour and a half. But I didn't know if you wanted to pause to get a drink, use the bathroom, or 
Whatever. I got a couple other topics I wanted to hit with you if you got time. Okay. You know, did you want to take a little break? Yeah, or? that's fine. Okay. Turn the lights on. All right. Yeah. All right. We'll be back. And we're back. All right. Well, before we get off the uh, hunting thing, uh, I guess let me ask, so what's your favorite thing to uh, pursue in the woods? Well, got to be deer. I love bow hunting with my deer, for deer. It's just a good time of year to be out in the woods, and I just, you know. That it is. Yeah. So what is it about deer that, excuse me, that you like to, you know, well, <laughs> pursue or... Not even that it's probably about the deer, probably like you said, just great time to be out in the woods. But what is it, uh, is, you know, is it the environment, the type of scenes you see or what? Yeah, you, know? I mean, you have to, everything, it's, you know, all the, everything you see, a lot of things, which is, you know, when you're bow hunting, it's a long season that you get to spend a lot of time out there. So you, a lot of interesting things happen. You see a lot of things and, you know, you're always anticipation, see, anticipating to see a, you know, nice buck. So then that's pretty exciting time when you see that happens. But you can see lots of things, you know. There's always something moving around. Not always, but, I mean, there's a lot of things. Typically. Well, you <laughs> always see a lot of squirrels, for one thing. I guess that probably wouldn't interest a lot of people, but it's, it's just something to... Uh, they're pretty uh, clever, you know. They can do a lot of interesting things. Acrobats going through the trees, you know, so... Yeah, they're yeah. they're pretty funny. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know if I ever um, showed you a video I took. I was in uh, one of the first stands in the woods there, and it was one morning I was hunting, and uh, it was getting kind of late. I was getting ready to get down, and it's in that oak stands, you know, the stand of all those oak trees, and uh, all of a sudden I heard, you know, a bunch of commotion above me, and I look up, and it's two fox squirrels chasing each other. And, you know, the way the stand is set up, it's on a tree that's split. And it's built between the two trees, so your back is on one tree or the other, you know, depending on what way you want to sit. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was sitting f with my back on the tree to the south facing north. And they ended up coming down my tree. Uh, I got a video, a selfie video with... Uh, it might have been both of them, but it was at least the one squirrel above me, maybe three, four feet above my head at the closest. And then, you know, he was watching me film him, taking the selfie video. And then, you know, he ran back up the tree. I think they started fighting again or chasing each other. And I just kind of used my phone screen to keep watching him above me because I didn't want to spook him. You know, I quit taking a video. I was just kind of watching. And all of a sudden, the one jumped from my tree to the tree in front of me, which is, you know, only about three, four feet. I guess probably about four feet. Decent little span there. And then the other one pursued him. So for a second, you know, I had him in the air above me. And then they came down and they basically got on the tree stand with me, but on the other tree. So I <laughs> shot another little video of them chasing each other around the tree on the yeah. platform. And <clears throat> I actually, after I quit filming... Uh, you know, they went down on the ground and I was watching them for a minute and then something spooked them. They came back up the tree and I, I honestly almost got to poke one with my arrow cause I was trying to 
you know, I didn't, I don't know why, but I was kind of getting annoyed, you know, I was ready to go, but I didn't want to distress him too much, and uh, I was just kind of slowly moving my bow toward him with, you know, the arrow on the string, and I almost <laughs> yeah. poked him when he finally spooked and started barking, Yeah, you know, chat, 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 <laughs> but. Yeah, I've had some of those claws like that, too, those squirrels so close in it, you know. But sometimes those red squirrels, so, you know, as soon as they spot you, they just, you know, they'll be like 10 feet from you right straight across. To, they'll just look at you and just start chattering, just, you know. And They're the worst. Yeah. <laughs> red squirrels are yeah, the they, worst. Yeah, no, no, man, they're just letting everybody know that you're right here. You know, it's <laughs> like a, you know. It's <laughs> that's exactly you're, what it is. You're, you're, yeah, that's what it is. They're just. Tattletale of the woods is yeah. what the red squirrels are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of the one of the craziest things I ever had happen was actually bow hunting. I was getting ready to get down, and I shot a squirrel uh, with my. You know, I always keep a couple of judos in the quiver. Yeah, that's fun. And it was in the north, the furthest north stand up there in that stand of maples. And. uh Craziest thing I've ever had happen. Well, probably not craziest thing ever in the woods, but top ten for sure. I, uh, you know, I was watching probably three or four of them dancing around me all morning, and I'm like, all right, well, you know, comes time to get down. They're still here. I'm gonna whack one. So I punched one pretty hard. You know, he arrow went one direction, kind of flipped, and uh, he kind of went with it. And I was like, you know, just my instant reaction was like, oh, you know, I got him. And then he started, you know. I don't know how, but he started running, and a couple of those judo barbs were still in him. Like, you know, it's not supposed to break hide, but, you know, I'm shooting that X-Force, which is moving pretty quick. He was probably only 15 yards, too, so, yeah. I mean, it, it rolled him. And, um, <clears throat> well, anyway, a couple barbs were in him, and then he started running, and he was running with my arrow, and then he made it maybe five, six yards, and then he just started shrieking. <laughs> And, you know, he was doing his distress call or whatever. Yeah. And he did that. And, Grandpa, I'm not kidding you. It felt like every tree around me had a squirrel in it because they all started chattering. There were there was at least 10 squirrels chattering, <laughs> you know, within 20, yeah. 30 yards of where I was at. You know, he's doing his distress cheap, and then it, the treetops just lit up. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Every squirrel in the woods oh, yeah. was chattering. Well, and then... <laughs> Yeah, that's when you should have had a recorder, you know. Recorded, yeah. Recorded that sound, you know, so. Well, yeah, that's not even the craziest thing. About, I mean, I was in awe, but maybe a minute, probably 30 seconds, you know, he's still struggling to get away with my arrow. And, you know, I'm knocking my other judo point, and I'm trying to get a, a bead on him, but he just kept, you know, he was keeping a steady pace, taking my arrow with him. <laughs> well, then he got behind me where I, I couldn't swing because I had the tree in the way. And, you know, I had shot a deer leaning around the tree before, but, you know, I was on a more stable platform. And, uh, you know, my toes weren't hanging off the edge. Well, you know, I was thinking the same thing. Maybe I can kind of one-foot it and lean out around this tree and whack him. Well, didn't get time. He ended up going up a tree. But <laughs> as he was getting to the tree, another squirrel that was chattering came down... Uh, you know, that's probably a hickory nut, you know, 10 yards to the south of him. And that squirrel no longer hit that tree and started going up with my arrow. And then that other squirrel ran him down. And I, I didn't get to see what happened, but there was a heck of a commotion. 
And what I'm assuming is, you know, they started fighting or something. Because I don't, I don't know why another squirrel would come and, you know, yeah. unless he was trying to help him pull the arrow. But long story short, I never did get my arrow and I never did get the squirrel. <laughs> you know, I spent probably an hour <laughs> trying to see him in the tree. You know, I came back up to the house, got my twenty two, went out there thinking, you know, maybe by the time I come back out, he he will have expired and fallen. You know, yeah, nothing. But it was just crazy that that other squirrel came out and started bullying him. Yeah, you know, obviously not helping him. Yeah, um, <clears throat> that's weird. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was definitely a, a uh, unique experience. Yeah, yeah, you can have some unique experiences with them squirrels. You know, <laughs> I had one knock your arrow right off my bow once. I was hunting down <laughs> by the river. I was sitting on the ground, right, kind of between where two trees fell down. I was kind of sitting in that V area. I seen a squirrel come down the tree, and he climbed up on that log. And he started coming right at me, and I just sat there not moving. I didn't, he kept getting closer and closer, and I thought, oh, let's see how close he gets. And I was holding my bow right up, leaning it up against the tree, you know, that log that I was sitting beside. He came right up to me, and he, he kind of jumped and hit my arrow, and that's when it scared him. He turned around and took off, but he was that close. <laughs> he never seen me. I, mean, I don't know if he see me, but he didn't. I didn't scare him, you know, so he just... Yeah, I hit that arrow, and it wasn't yeah, natural. As soon as he hit that arrow, that arrow fell off my wrist and he took off that scared him but that was that was kind of funny wow yeah i don't want to get them too close they got some sharp teeth and they want they can bite yeah you don't want to startle one yeah you know within reach of it no i mean they can like i said that those couple jumped you know and i mean i've seen them make some leaps oh geez, you know yeah. or, and they land on a not even land on a limb they grab the end of a limb yeah that you know just, and they sag 10 yeah, feet that'll, that'll sink way <laughs> no way down yeah. Yeah, I know. It looks like there's nothing there to hold them, but they they get a hold of something. Man. They stay up there. They probably have fell sometimes. So. Oh yeah. Yep. There was um, there was one time out in the swale where I ended up bow fishing one. He was so close. I didn't even get to use my sights because I mean he was literally probably eight ten feet from me. I put a judo on, and you know it was again the end of a morning hunt. I see the squirrel, you know. About the same time every day I hunted that stand, he'd be in about the same vicinity. And for whatever reason, he ended up, there was a, one of those autumn olives, uh, like right underneath the stand, you know. Yeah. And for whatever reason, he got in that autumn olive before I could end up putting a shot on him. And he, not even kidding, he was maybe five, six feet from me. And, you know, I, I was already drawn back on him. Um, expecting him to go around the olive, and he got up in it, started climbing at the tree stand. I think maybe he was going to get on the tree stand oh, yeah. from that olive, but you know, he was five, six feet, and I just ended up bow fishing him with that that X Force, and <laughs> I mean, it bruised him up pretty good. Still ate him, but you know, it was yeah only time I've ever shot one with no sights. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's not something that uh, I ever thought I'd do. Was just. Yeah, literally bowfished him. Yeah, <laughs> well, but now well. I did want to ask you too uh, about that otter. Have you tell that otter story? Because uh, you know, not a lot of people realize that we have river otters. Mm. Yeah. Know? Well, I've been around here a long time. I've never seen. I knew there's otters around here. I know I down the river. 
I could see places on the river where they, you know, I'm walking along. A lot of times down the river, usually quite often in the springtime, and I'm looking for morales or something. You can see those little places along the river where they just got those slides yep. down into the river, and you know, <laughs> and then they got everything all matted down up, you know, on the on the shore there along the little area. They don't know what I don't know why they do that, but there's a, once I've seen that, there's like a little <laughs> ten or twelve foot little section where it's all just matted right down, you know, then they just kind of slide in and out of the river there. But when I was back on the, my property, I got, a, you know, on that pond back there, second pond, I was on the back side of the state property and I was coming up, uh, and I was actually looking, my, looking, sneaking up on my pond to see if there's any, might be some ducks or something, just just looking. I wasn't hunting anything, wasn't hunting season or anything, so. And then I seen something moving in the water on and first I thought, well, it's got to be a muskrat, but I know it's way too big for a muskrat. And I, and I seen it kind of dive down, and I thought, I, and I thought I seen it like a splap on the water. I thought, well, it couldn't be a beaver. I wasn't sure what it was, but he was out in the middle of the pond there. That, and pretty soon, it, there was some brush between me and the edge of the pond there, so I could, he couldn't see me very good. And I, you know, so, and he came up out of the pond and he came right pretty close to me and uh he was walking by me he's only like five feet and i just startled because i just that's a otter i couldn't believe it and then he was kind of walking by me and i was kind of watching turning my head i didn't know what to do i said and he was like almost just past me a little bit and all of a sudden he seen me i guess and he kind of stands up on his back legs and turns around and he i could see those whiskers and he made his hissing noise like shh you know like ah. and, that, and then he panicked he turned around he ran back towards the pond and i mean i just stood there i couldn't i couldn't believe it first time i ever seen one i was right beside him and i see him like you know run up and slide into the water and i, I just stood there for a few minutes and pretty soon i seen him come up out of the other side he came up out of the came up into the swale there come out of the water and and he went into the deep grass there. he didn't see him after that but the first time i'd ever seen one and, you know, and that's the first time I'd ever seen one around here, and he's in my pond. <laughs> then it wasn't too long after that, over on the Bridgeville by the river in the little flats area. I went by there one day, and I, I thought, I, I didn't know if that was the same thing. I thought I'd seen muskrat, but I thought, well, those are kind of big. And I stopped and looked. <laughs> there was uh, otters, and there was like four of them. Now they were having a big time, just swimming all over. In fact, one of them. I sat there right by the side of the road, and one of them came right up beside me. And, you know, I mean, I was elevated a little bit, maybe five or six feet above him, so he, he never seen me. I got some video of it. It's like, it's pretty neat. I mean, I knew there was always something down there, but I, that was like the first time I'd ever seen any. So, and <laughs> they're a interesting little creature. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty cool. <clears throat> first time I was aware of them, I mean, I remember you and Grandma never believed, believed me because... Uh, Mike ended up taking me, uh, we were fishing off the bridge in Bridgeville, and, uh, you know, we no longer cast a couple lines out, sitting there watching them, and then some otters come swimming up the river, two of them, if I remember right. Yeah. Kind of looked almost <laughs> like they were playing tag, swimming yeah. up, you know. it just looked like they're playing around all the time, <laughs> having yeah. a good time. <laughs> you know, I just remember how he was like, man, that... Drell, I think those are otters, you know? Yeah. And I was just, I couldn't wait to tell you guys, and I remember Grandma and 
you were kind of skeptical of it, but, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, I know you can't help to be, but, you know, if you been here as long as we'd had it. I'd never seen one. I'd never heard anybody talking about it. I just hear people sometimes, you trapped a couple, you know, went up. Cause I remember I was in the sporting shop in Maple Rapids one day, and there was somebody came in, and, you know, tra- <clears throat> it was a trapper, <clears throat> and he trapped a couple. Yeah, I know that was. I've seen lots the same. That was the first time I'd ever really heard anybody. Hit, you know, but then after that, I seen those. So they're down there somewhere. They're still out there. Oh yeah, they're. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you remember. Uh you you've probably seen them on your own. Uh, when the river freezes over, which it doesn't do anymore, but when the river used to freeze over, you know, you could be walking down the river and you could see where they might lope for. 10 12 feet and then slide for 10 12 oh, yards yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know they basically if if you piece together their tracks in your head you know yeah. there'd be three or four of them but you could tell they would slide and then about the time they ran out of momentum they'd start running again and then slide yeah they run know. and slide run and slide yeah i've seen those <laughs> down the river and i'm talking the river's frozen you know so they might you might find a little spot that it's not that they get in the water yeah. and it's like i don't know how long they can hold their breath but there were some spots where, you know, it might be two, three hundred yards between thought-out spots where, mm-hmm. you know, they're using those those little breather holes in the <laughs> ice, yeah. going in one, coming out the other. Yep. And that water's not clear, so I don't know. I you know. know. <laughs> certainly isn't. <laughs> yep. I mean, I remember seeing them over on the flats too, a couple yeah. times when we, you know, when I was trapping over there and get up on an island and you scare one off the other side and you never see it again but you know yeah. you might catch it loping in the water and it's the smoothest dive you'll ever see you know hardly any splash just bloop gone yeah, yeah. <laughs> well yeah. that uh it's kind of a i don't know an odd odd trail to go down but um <clears throat> how about fishing stories you got any that come to mind I was going to use mink as a transition because I know there's been a few times we've been up north and speaking of lopers, you know, you see a couple mink walk out on a log on the river or something, and that's yeah. pretty That's pretty cool. Oh, but. yeah, I've seen That's nice to see the mink. I've done that. I've seen a few mink like that one, especially when you, when you, when, uh, you go for a little canoe ride down a river or something, you know, or some kind of a trip down a river with something you see quite often. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, those. I don't know. What, I just, you know, I was just thinking back to the the hunting thing. I when I was talking about like one of the things when you're doing in hunting. I didn't want to, you know, you said something about fishing, but I just happened to remember one thing about one time I was just scouting early and before doe season, right? For uh, bow season, not doe season. Uh, yeah. So, and I was standing up in a tree. I was standing on a limb with my arm out, hanging out to another limb, and it was—I uh, don't know—it was starting. To, it was in the evening. Gambling man. Yeah, well, you know, that was a lot younger then. You know, <laughs> that's kind of how you did it when I first started looking. You know, first started hunting, uh, bow hunting. You know, with tur- you know, with your bow. You know, you just have a lot. Not most people don't have too many uh, portable tree stands. You know, so. Climbers and things wasn't they weren't that uh, many available, but so we just climb up in a tree somewhere. But 
I just was looking around, and all of a sudden I seen a hawk flying around, and I kept watching and watching, and all of a sudden he started getting closer, and all of a sudden he started zeroing in on me, you know, like, the, what's my tree, not me? And I didn't know, I was just standing there, I kind of had to stand there, I couldn't move around much, I had to <laughs> yeah. stand there to hang on to everything, because, man, it, and he kept getting closer, and all of a sudden, they move pretty fast, so they got up on you pretty fast, but I didn't know what to do, because he, he was going to, he made an attempt to start to land, you know, how they start to, you know, move their wings and drop their feet down and everything. Yeah, bow up. Yeah, <clears throat> and I mean, he was already landing on my arm, and I mean, before I kind of panicked, and then he, he seen me about the same time, you know, I panicked, and he squawked a little bit and turned and took off, but I, I was, I almost had a hawk land on my arm. <laughs> you should have let him. Yeah, I don't know, enough those talons they have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but. Yeah, besides, you know, you might decide you wanted to take a little chunk of your chunk out of my eyeball <laughs> or something you know so that's why i kind of panicked right at the end he was, he was right in front of me i mean you know he was all ready to land and i then he panicked and i panicked at the same time and he turned and took off but yeah so i, I mean you know how good their eyes are oh jeez, yeah, I, no, I can't I, imagine that he yeah <laughs> you know i'm sure it's probably a spot he's used before i don't know what he was doing but Maybe he's an old one. He's got like me, you know, kind of his memory's starting to go or something. Eyes are fading a little bit. Yeah, maybe his eyesight is going bad. Huh. Well, uh, speaking about the hawks, we don't have to get on fishing. I, it's oh, no, just one of the topics I have. But no, that's just funny. I just happened to think about that one. That was an interesting thing. Talking about raptors, uh, keistrels, kestrels. Yeah. The way those things move through the woods. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I, know. I, I can't. I mean, I'm sure you have a couple stories, but I can't tell you how many times I've been in the bow stand and, you know, not much is going on. Maybe you're watching a squirrel in the distance or a couple birds pecking through the leaves and then all of a sudden this raptor, this kite comes, <clears throat> excuse me, comes gliding through the woods, silent. Yeah. Not a single wing flap, just. Yeah, just gliding there, you know. I've had it happen. I know I've had it multiple times. I, usually I was squirrel hunting or something on the ground, you know, all of a sudden. Whew, you know how they can go down through the woods like that? Quiet. Yeah, quiet. And just you went, <laughs> glide through all them trees like, oh, man, it's so easy for them. I don't know. You'd think that. It's amazing. Yeah. It's definitely something that, you know, if you could ever, if it's something that you could schedule for an experience, yeah, I would no. definitely recommend that somebody, you don't even have to be in the tree, like you said. You sit on the ground, yeah. just the way they come. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, they're coming down through, you know, they're only like five feet off the ground or something, you know, just five. Tops. Yeah, fast. <laughs> you know, they're going <laughs> under logs, through through cracks and trees. and Right. Not a single wing flap, just I don't know how they do it. I don't know if they drop from high. And kind of use that momentum, ride that air yeah. cushion, or what? But yep. I'd like to ask one. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know if you remember when I was telling you when I saw that one hit a morning dove out here up front. Uh, oh yeah, I think I did. Yeah, you did remember telling me about that. That was, yeah, that was. <laughs> he hit that dove so hard. I don't know. He had to have come from high, kind of like a falcon, and he hit that dove so hard. There was a ball of feathers. Yep. <laughs> yeah when you hit him just... i mean it looked like that when that um i think we were watching the game live when that pitcher hit that oh yeah pigeon pigeon yeah <laughs> that's exactly what it looks like that oh, that kestrel hit that dove oh, yeah poof yeah just an explosion <laughs> of feathers <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I I literally, you know, I don't know where it came from or anything because I only saw maybe two seconds. You know, yeah. I can't remember exactly what I was. I think I might have even been coming home from work and, you know, doing uh, pest damage out front. But yeah, you know, I just I just remember silent, and then you, I heard him hit that dove. You know, you see the flash of him coming in. The dove tries to fly off the feeder, and I mean, yeah. it made it maybe six inches off the feeder, and that thing, pow, hit him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're pretty efficient. Owls, too. Oh, yeah. Owls are yeah. another thing, <laughs> you know. I've seen <clears throat> one of the bigger owls fly through. I think they're the bards, right, the bard owl yeah. that we have, the big, mm-hmm. the big one. I saw one of those fly through the woods. I was maybe in the stand for a half hour on an evening hunt, so it might have been like three thirty, four o'clock at the latest. And uh saw one of those guys come gliding through the woods. And the thing I'll remember about that always, he was maybe two, three feet off the ground. And I remember seeing a squirrel probably a hundred yards in front of me. I was watching. Which he didn't see the squirrel, I don't know how. But he came gliding from my left to my right, maybe ten feet or ten yards in front of me. And, again, silent, right? Wings are out. You can see his wingtips doing all his maneuvering. Mm-hmm. But about three feet behind him, there was this little churn of leaves. Oh, he yeah. was he was moving so much air. Yeah. I mean, it was, like I said, three feet behind him. But even the leaves, you know, <laughs> yeah. you barely heard the leaves turning. But I'll always remember, I heard the leaves before I heard him. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, what yeah. is? And then you look over and mm-hmm. owl comes gliding through. Yeah, that's pretty neat. I had a, two owls once land in my tree, and I was bow hunting once just before dark. In your tree? Yeah. They they didn't stay there very long, but one came in and landed <clears throat> right in the same tree I was in. And then, you know, they were up higher than me, but that was the only time that ever happened. But then, you know, one came in, and then the other one came, came in, and they stayed there for not too long, you know, just a short time, and then they both took off. Did they ever say anything while they were in the tree? Oh, uh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they sounded off a couple of times, you know. So. so, how loud is it being in the uh, tree with them? Because you can hear them half mile. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty loud. They, they got some pretty strong vocal. Well, they don't have cords, vocal cords. Birds don't have vocal cords. I don't know. They they got some pipes on them. <laughs> I don't know how they do it, like bagpipes. Yeah, bagpipes. yeah, yeah. Some of them, even small birds, can make some. Pretty loud noises. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And we're getting to that time of year where we're starting to hear those noises. Yep. You know, morning doves yeah. are starting to do their their little call or again. And, and you see out here geese all constantly, and then you got sandhill cranes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which they might be the loudest. Yeah, they are, they're the loudest. <laughs> they're up there with those swans. Yeah. They are loud. Man. Yeah. That, that's one of my favorite things, too. Here in about a month or so, you might get to catch a sandhill dancing for his lady. Yeah, those are neat. Yeah, over by the river there. You, I've seen lots of them over there. You know, you, I mean, big flocks. Yeah, so that's pretty interesting. That's neat. When they're dancing? Yeah. I've yeah. seen them do that right here up by my house, you know, out in the fields. Yeah, yep, that's what I was saying. A couple weeks, month, you might be able to catch one out here. Yeah. Court and his old lady. Yeah. Turkeys will be gobbling here in a few <laughs> yeah. weeks. 
Oh yeah, that reminds me. You asked me about turkeys the other day. That's where I seen those. That's they were out here in the field down by the river, and they was yeah. There was a couple of toms parading around. You know, they're all fanned out. Already strutting? Yeah, they were strutting around. They were kind of. It was weird because they were they were chasing each other all over. I mean, you know, the toms were chasing each other, and it's like you know there was, was some, oh yeah there was some hens there, but fighting for dominance right yeah, now. Yeah, they. And I, they was they were kind of going after each other. Yep. Well, you um ever have a turkey roost in your tree or pretty close to you? Oh, uh, pretty close. I never had one in the same tree I was in, but I've been out there be you know at night and you know just before dark and you know you, well you can hear them coming. Man, I just I don't think they they're not great flyers. <laughs> no, they just got a straight line shot. They just plow through everything until they get to a, something where they can hang on to. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, those wings, when they make a lot of noise with their wings when they're flying, too. But, you know, you, they're pretty noisy. They are not aerodynamic. No. I've, I, you know, I've seen them. I think I told you a story. Uh, I was actually turkey hunting, and uh, I was in the woods in one of the pop-up lines and uh, had a hen come in. Or walking through, and you know she got through, and you know I'm looking around, I'm not seeing anything. Usually you can hear them scratching or putting as they're coming through the woods, yeah. you know. And the whole time she was making all sorts of little purrs and putts. And mm-hmm. anyway, she went by, and you know I gave her about ten, fifteen minutes, and I unzipped the, the blind to sneak out, and there was another hen that I never saw that was coming up behind her. And that hen took off flying, and she went straight east. But, you know, she wasn't flying 8, 10 feet off the ground. She she tried to get loft, you know. Yeah. And as she was going, I mean, I remember watching a big dead limb that she hit break. <laughs> you know, you could hear her wings as she was flying. Didn't matter if there was a tree in her yeah. way or not. She didn't wait till she was in a gap to flap. You know, she was flapping on limbs. and. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's just awkward. Yeah, you they make, yeah, they they're like that. That's they make. That's what I said. They make lots of noise. Go, you know, trying to fly up in those trees, flying up and flying down. Yeah, you can hear them from a long ways away. But and that's what I didn't understand. You know, it looked like she was going to <laughs> like to try and fly in a roost. But the only thing I could think is maybe she thought she could clear the canopy. Yeah, and then before she got out, she realized that she was already burning, burning on low fuel. You know, <laughs> and had to just get away from me. But yeah. Yeah, I was just in awe, just kind of watching those limbs fall, and I mean, you could hear the limbs hitting the. I mean, there were some some big limbs she broke. At least the one was that I saw, a big dead limb. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's classic turkeys. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but that is one of my favorite things too, is when you're in the stand and a flock of turkeys comes in, and mm-hmm. you're just hearing them. Yeah. Yeah. Know, talking to each other. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've had it happen quite a few times. You know, they're just. Yeah, you get a whole flock of turkeys going by, think, you know, all of them making some kind of noise, you know, so <laughs> it's pretty neat. Yeah, that or uh, <clears throat> watching them dust yep. when they're up under you and they just start taking a dust bath, mm-hmm. which do we know what that's for? <laughs> <coughs> Why they dust bath, you know? No, I don't know. Fleas? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I've never yeah. understood that. I've never understood that. There's, I mean, somebody's got to know. I'm probably just... Sound like an idiot because I've you know been around turkeys and haven't ever Googled it, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's obviously a reason. Oh yeah, 
Maybe they're, you know. Well, I'm with you. I don't know either, so. Well, you know. Now that two, I th- two idiots in. <laughs> now that I think about it, maybe they get wet or something, you know, and they're using that dust to kind of dry their under, their maybe. down, you I know. Don't know, I don't know. Maybe. Hmm. Well, uh, really quick, we can dig into this, you know, a little deeper next time, but like any immediate fishing stories come to mind, whether, you know, with the kids taking Mike and Matt or Grandma anywhere or. You know, anything that just kind of pops, you know, an after-work quick oh, trip. Or... <laughs> hey, I, I can remember a lot of fishing stories. This doesn't really have a fishing trip. The ones that kind of I can relate to that was we went salmon fishing, and we were coming back from up north, and it was raining and cold, and, man, I'd been up since real early in the morning, and I just couldn't make it any farther. And Mike was like... I don't know, he might have been, I don't know if he had his driver's license, 16 or 50, just barely learned how to drive. And I said, you got to drive, Mike, I can't make it. I mean, it was Michael so dark and raining, and I had this old car, this old, <laughs> like an old tank or something, you know. Mike was trying to, it was like trying to pilot a house down the road, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's always talked about that. He said, how do, how'd you, why'd you let me drive? I said, I said, I don't know, I couldn't make it. And I said, I'm glad you made it. So I did, oh, but thinking back on it, I thought, well, I should have never done that, but <laughs> we made it. Well, honestly, I, I mean, if you thought you were going to put it in the ditch anyway, well, yeah, it's, well, it's I mean, a free I play. stopped somewhere, but, but, you know, that wasn't a smart thing to do, but I just turned it over to Mike, and he's <laughs> always talked about that. Uh, he let me drive the, drive his home. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was a, I don't know, I should have never done that, but. It happens, so. Oh, those are good memories, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good story for Mike. He likes to talk that, tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you remember um, one, I, one I had jotted down, uh, just one I want to jump to really quick because I want to get your perspective on it. You'll probably know where I'm going when I say jumbo perch on crystal. We were... Would you talk, well, probably ice fishing? Nope. We oh. were, we took the canoe. For whatever reason, we decided to take the canoe to Crystal. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. I remember now. And we were just kind of looking down maybe 20 foot of water, and we were following this jumbo school of jumbo perch. Yeah. And we had maybe boated six or eight. Yeah. And then those kids decided to swim from their cabin or their house to the island. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember now. One kid, he just just about (laughs) didn't make it. Yeah, we had to save him. Yeah, I know. We had to help him. Man, oh, man, he he wouldn't have made it. We wouldn't have helped him out. Yeah, because yeah, I don't know. I don't think his other guys were with him. I understand what was going on. No, they were at least 100 yards ahead of yeah, him. Yeah, he, he was, was heading ahead of, back. Yeah, he was a lot. You know, he couldn't make it back. He was. He, they were going to the island, and if I remember right, he was. he had turned around yeah. and was swimming back to the house. And, I mean, he was... What do you think? Maybe a hundred yards offshore. Yeah, he was a hundred yards, and he was not. No, he was done right there. Yeah, he wasn't going to make it. No. Yeah, we're just lucky we happened to be there. I guess you know. So. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that, I yeah I remember that now. You don't. Jeez. Yeah, that was a. Uh, that's yeah. that's something I always try and think about when you know. Oh, geez. You hear somebody say, you know, I'm gonna swim from here to there one of the first thing that always pops in my mind is are you conditioned enough like do yeah. you know you can do that 
because yeah, most most of those things happen when you're young you know young and yeah. stupid you know when you get older you don't you're a little bit wiser you don't make those you know i don't know what it is but trying to impress a girl or trying maybe, to yeah. peer pressure but, yeah both of those <laughs> more pressure trying to impress a, impress a girl i guess you know there's always more pressure there you do anything for that when you <laughs> well, especially when you're young yeah when you're young <clears throat> you remember his uh his mom and dad screaming at him on the dock. Yeah. He, you know, they were thanking us, but they they tore into him pretty good. Yeah, I know. They tore into him pretty good. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I remember that. It was well, awkward. Poor guy almost drowned, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, and then he gets a chewing. Yeah. Yep. I do remember, though, you know, him grabbing onto the canoe. Yeah. And I was just like, whoa, man, like, you know. Yeah. Don't don't dunk us. Yeah. And then I I gave him that life jacket, and he was so out of breath he couldn't even say anything. He was just yeah. had to hold the canoe for a minute to kind of get his breath back so he could put one arm in the life jacket. And mm-hmm. just, I can't remember if we kind of helped tow him back. Yeah, we just towed him in. You know, we, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, he just said, "Hang on, we'll just." You know, we just kind of countered his weight. Yeah, pushed him back into shore. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. That's quite a while ago. <laughs> yeah, that was um, definitely a landmark in my fishing memory. You know? Oh, right. Oh, no, I could have. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those things that, man, I don't know. Good thing we were there. Yeah. Oh, that kid. Yeah, literally. I mean, if yeah. I remember right, there was nobody oh, around. His parents oh. were on the dock watching him. Yeah. You know, and they, uh, like, it was literally... And, I, you know, I almost think that's why we took the canoe, if it makes any sense, you know, because if you, if you would have had to try and start the motor to get him, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's it's not as nimble, not as accurate. Right. And honestly, almost not as fast because... We kind of was too far from the one we'd seen what, they, what was going on, but we was kind of headed, you know, I thought, well, we just kind of cruised over in that area so we got a little closer, see what they were, make sure they was all okay. <laughs> And it turned out one of them wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, and I can't imagine, you know, the conversation when oh, yeah. the other guys swam back from the island, if they even did. Yeah. I'm sure Dad probably took the pontoon out and got them, yeah. you know. Yeah. Said you're not doing that again. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, imagine if that was, because it was pretty late in the evening, too. Sun was starting to set, you know. Yeah. Imagine if it was any later, nobody would have seen them. Yeah. And that's what always kind of scares me. I remember uh, we were out there one time, and... We saw that flag, the scuba diver flag, yeah. you know, where those people oh, yeah. were scuba diving. Right. And yeah. uh, I remember Grandma was like, man, I c- it's hard to see that flag because it was yeah, kind of choppy. Yeah, you couldn't hardly see it. I mean, man, yes. oh, man you, you buzz along on your boat, somebody pops up. It's over. Yeah. It's over. I mean, I guess underwater you can probably see. Yeah, probably. You know, a little better than we can imagine, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Those boats are moving so fast that by the time you think, yeah, I'm, I'm clear, mm-hmm. he's zipping over you. and Yeah. Scary stuff. Some scary stuff. Well, uh, I guess I'll throw one more at you. We did make it to the uh, two-hour mark, <clears throat> so we can call it whenever you want. But I wanted to throw this one at you because it's kind of... um. Not embarrassing for me, but it's kind of one of my first fumbles. <laughs> but it has a highlight of grandma in it. 
I'm sure you probably know what I'm talking about when I say Taylor Road. Oh, well, I... I'm thinking that you were just talking about when we used to go trout fishing and she's got this... Oh, no, that was Gleason's, so Taylor Road. Oh, you mean when she caught that steelhead? Yep. Oh, okay. Remember what happened before that? <sighs> They'll have to give me a little <laughs> hint or something, but I, I'm not sure where you're going with that. So. We were we were salmon fishing. Yeah, okay, yeah. And uh, it was pretty early in the morning, and I was standing in a little sandy spot, and uh, I had a salmon just kind of hovering, I don't know, maybe 10 yards upstream of me, and I was casting at him. And I was so focused on the salmon, you know, the water, we were fishing on a bend, and I was fishing just kind of out to where it started to get deep. Well, not even. I was kind of oh, okay. on the inside no, I, of the cut. All right. Yeah, I know where you're going now. So, <laughs> And... uh I didn't even realize the sand was kind of washing out under me, yeah. and I was getting deeper and deeper, and I had a life jacket on. I might have been like yeah, eight were, or nine. Yeah, you were young, yeah. I remember it all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh... Good. I'll go ahead. I just... All I remember is, you know, I'm looking at the same, and then next thing I know, I'm face down in the water because the life jacket had... I had sunk enough that the life jacket hit the water, and it just flipped me like a buoy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yep. I, I was downstream. It's a good thing I was downstream, shut upstream. So you started floating downstream. Started. <laughs> and that's a deep bend. I mean, an S, yeah, he was in it, deep water. It makes an S right there, you know. So the entire opposite bank is deep, and then it wraps. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've been up there lately, but where it wraps through the middle of the S, uh -huh. all, all that's washed out now too. So it's just one big deep hole. Oh yeah. On the opposite side of that bend, all through the middle of the S, and then as it comes back around, it starts to get sandy again on the opposite bank but, right <clears throat> but yeah that's all that's all washed out now it's just mm -hmm. one deep mm -hmm. deep deep hole <laughs> yeah i know you know we had uh i can't remember you were you hollering at me or something but... yeah i was trying i was face down in the water i <laughs> i remember how my neck was straining because i was keeping my head yeah, out of the water I and turned i turned around and dj was, or, no, i mean hold I'm, my rod up yeah <laughs> trail was coming downstream i was just Floating downstream, <laughs> I had to reach. I had to go up about all I could do to go out far enough to, so I didn't get you know go too deep, so I could reach out and grab you. Yeah, I mean, if I would have made it another ten yards, you'd have had to. I'd have had you know. Yeah. I don't know what would have happened honestly, because I don't know if that life jacket would have supported a wader full of water. But <laughs> I was face down. I don't know if I could have made it all the way around through that s. You know. Yeah. It was a long way. It's a couple log jams probably would have got caught up in, and yeah, there was could have been jam. bad. Yeah, there was, yeah, there was some logs right there. But uh, you fished me out, <laughs> got out of the waders, went back to see Grandma because she was fishing on her hole there, one of those two, mm -hmm. right at the bottom of the access, and we get back up there. She's got a steelhead. Yeah, and she was telling us a story about how it was doing all those acrobatics and stuff, and. How a guy was there that helped her land it, and then the guy was talking, and he had, wasn't it two brown trout? Uh, I, I know it was at least one. one. Yeah, he had one this big giant brown trout, like a lake run brown trout. Had a hook jaw and everything, just beautiful. Yeah. This, yeah. Just a beautiful brown, like literally. Yeah, like a big giant football. <laughs> yeah, just a beautiful specimen of a brown trout. Uh-huh, it was. I remember that now. Yeah, that was one of our earlier trips, when we first started, you know, you 
started going <clears throat> salmon fishing with us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember, uh, you know, I don't know. I guess I probably started with you guys around six. I remember. Oh, yeah. We I wasn't, I didn't ever actually attempt any till probably that year or the year before, but I do remember, you know, being younger and trout fishing. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, I remember taking your trout fishing and you went very big, you know, just. Yeah, had your waders and fishing vests and everything. You look always look like a <laughs> trout fisherman. But I, I, I used to have to carry you across the river, though. Yep, I do remember that. Yep, getting carried across and back. Yep. I also remember that uh, I think where you were going was that hole at Gleason's that was yeah once a log jam that, right that yeah. Zach Van Sickle and I unjammed. Yep, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> You guys, and he rode that log downstream a little ways. So he got, oh, <laughs> didn't yeah. get off that log before his hair broke loose. And he started going downstream on that log. <laughs> yeah, he made it, man, a good 200 yards. Yeah. <laughs> I remember he jumped off in water that was up to the top of his waders. I remember I was yelling at you to help him because it was just a slow day trout fishing, you know, had the fly rods up on the bank. And, you and you were like, well, what am I going to do with my rod? And I was like, just give give it to me and go get him. You know, go help him. <laughs> By the time we got down there, he's needing help up out of the water because he's on a steep bank. Oh. Got, him, got him out, and uh, yeah. I think we walked him down like 30 yards around the bend. Yeah. And it was got him out of this. two inches deep of water. It's like, man, if you would have rode it another 20, 30 yards, you could have just literally, it would have beached itself. Mm-hmm. But he hopped off in water that almost yeah. almost <laughs> yeah, killed no, him. Yeah, I know. He would have hung on there for a little bit longer. He could have got it right out in the shallow water. <laughs> yeah, that, you spend a lot of time kind of get those logs loose, and all of a sudden, you know, got one of them loose there. And, <laughs> and he couldn't get out from it until he got, he was, took off on him downstream. I don't know why we ever decided we were going to, one, take a log out of there, and then two, ride it. <laughs> but I, I do credit, I do credit that to, uh, why that log jam got removed. Yeah, that it, was a huge log he got out of there. That was a big, you know, one of the biggest ones holding all those logs, the rest of them in there. But And it was maybe two weeks later we went back, and that log jam was pretty much gone. Yeah. But I think what you were talking about is when she was fishing up on that hole, and we were on the other side just running dry flies or whatever, and, you know, mm. uh, other side of that island, and she was she started yelling. Oh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you came back kind of annoyed, and... She was telling you that, you know, she, she had hooked a steelhead or something in there, and you didn't really believe her, and then it might have been that cast or the next cast, she did it again. Mm-hmm. Came up leaping out of the water, you know, and it's like, oh, well, that is a steelhead. Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I remember that. Speaking of which, you remember that Skamania on, uh, where was that, the upper branch? Uh, yeah, I think that's where it was at, yeah. Yeah. On a grasshopper? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was strange. <laughs> we was You were catching grasshoppers, so we were using up the bait. But we were catching those small grasshoppers, and we had just one great big one. I don't know what to do, what to call the different ones, different ones, but yeah, it almost looked like a, a locust. <laughs> yeah, it's like about <laughs> three or four inches long. You know, so it's big. One of the ones with the black and yellow wings. You yeah, know? and. And we, it, we kept, nobody would, you didn't want to use it, and I didn't either, but we was using all those little ones, but that was the last thing we had. And I used, I thought, well, let's try that one. So I pushed that out there, and I was 
you know, I don't know. Then it drifts and reel it back in. I get almost all the way in the shore, and I get just coming out of the water with my bait, and there's a steelhead. He's just coming right after that thing. Then he almost got it right. You know, it kind of startled me. I just kind of jerked and everything. If I just, if I had my bait set there, he probably had hooked it right there before it came out of the water. But I didn't. And I thought, well, man, he steelhead right there. He almost took it. And I said, oh, I might screw that up. So but I threw my line right back out there to the same place again. No more hit the water there. And we hooked him. Yeah. <laughs> that big old giant grasshopper. <laughs> yeah. And that was on your ultralight, too. <laughs> yeah. That's right. You had to work him for a while. Yeah. A, he, yeah. He did never leave that eddy, though, because you, no. you hooked him in that eddy. Yeah. So that helped. He never yeah. ran. No, he stayed right in that little Eddie there till we, you know. Yeah, that was. They wasn't expecting a steelhead. <laughs> no, no, not <laughs> in the, not in the summer. Yeah, that was probably. Yeah, July, August. I mean, grasshoppers were out and big. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, we had a big one, so he had had the summer <laughs> to grow. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was. That was a good one. Uh-huh. Was was that at um? Was that the upper branch too? Where we uh? I remember I <clears throat> there was a big hole there. I caught a big brown trout in, and then you ended up hooking a salmon that ran ran you almost to the end of your backing. <laughs> and mom went to yeah. net it, but you cut the line as she was netting it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, well, you were so far from her, she couldn't hear you. Yeah. And you couldn't hear her. I mean. 100 yards of amnesia, 100 yards of backing, you know, and you yeah. were almost at the end of it, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a big salmon. That thing ran. Well, I'll tell you what, years years and years ago, there's, you know, those salmon were huge. They were, you, get, you know, you could get some that was, you know, well, I mean, you know, they were like, be over 30 pounds, you know, they were huge. I mean, you, you see if somebody... Nope. Used to drag them. I mean, it was like man, it would be half of me dragging on the ground. You know, you just—I mean, you'd grab them by the gills or something. She said they—they they were huge years and years ago before they kind of lost. You know, the owl wives. Yeah, all the owl wives kind of got devoured by all the salmon. They just made pigs out of them, and then they couldn't. Then the. Uh, they didn't have as much to eat, so they didn't grow as big as they did years ago. But you have to feed on something different, you know. So, well, even even on that note, big big salmonids. Remember, uh, we had Jimmy come up that day steelhead fishing. You mean in the springtime when it was like in April? Yeah, you talking? About? Yeah, how are you gonna forget? That? Remember that 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 big old steelhead. I don't know if we still have pictures of it, but that steelhead I caught, uh, you you had caught one that was like oh, a yes. silver bullet. Uh-huh. Just a beautiful steelhead. Perfect specimen, little pink line down the side. Yeah. Beautiful silver. And then that one I caught doubled it. Yeah, you had I don't know how, twice as big as the one I caught. <laughs> biggest steelhead I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I remember that now. But, and you remember the color of it, though? It was like brown back, that brown green back, but the entire side of it was like that blood red, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it Just, was really, really pretty. I mean, yours was prettier because it was that well, yeah, silver was bullet, you know? Bright, yeah, yeah that's, those are my favorite, mm-hmm. those bright silvers. I remember that one time we were fishing at the rain in Glee, at Gleason's, and uh, I was up under a log, 
because it was raining so hard. I was taking a little break, eating some jerky. And all of a sudden, you started hollering. And just like you were talking the other day about those crystal eggs, you were floating one of those green crystal eggs through. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, we had gone all day, maybe hooked one. Yeah. And then, you know, you hooked that another beautiful silver steely, you know. I still got a picture of you with your hat on. Oh, yeah. And yeah, uh, I... holding it in the river and the rain's dripping off your hat, you know. <laughs> all right. I remember that. Yep. Yep. Kind of getting excited to go fishing again. Yeah. You. So, uh, you going to go up Friday with DJ or? I don't know. I, I got to wait until I talk to DJ see what he's, you know. He said he's coming here, so we'll see how, see if it's going to work out. But I'm going to try it too. I sent my uh, fly reel in for service last October. It was probably about the time Iris was born. <laughs> Maybe a week or two after because I think she was in the house. It was one of the days I had a bunch of errands to run and I ended up getting time to go drop it off. And I didn't get an email until, man, it was right after your birthday. So maybe the second week of January that it yep. was finally in for service. They, I got an email that they received it about three days later, <laughs> maybe four days. It was that next week they received it. So from October to January before they could even start working on it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So if that gives you any idea, you know, otherwise I'd say, I, you know, I might be able to make I'm scheduled to work Saturday, but I might be able to make something work where I can, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, get out of Saturday and run up Saturday if you guys were going to make a Saturday run. But I don't even, I don't even have my reel back yet. <laughs> you know, Jeez. yeah. Well, actually, that bums me out because I that fly box you gave me, I was going to bring back with the stone flies in it. Oh yeah, I tied you some PM wigglers to replace a couple of the flies that I lost. I was going to bring that back i wrote it down and i didn't end up actually looking at this before i left i just grabbed everything and <clears throat> brought it over but uh -huh. if you do end up running up 27 or whatever i'll make sure i get it out okay. that way you can just stop in and <clears throat> grab it from brie or whatever all right but yeah i've got a couple wigglers in there to replace nothing bright you know i don't mm. think i would had any pink ones or anything maybe i did I can't remember. I haven't looked at it since, you know, September, October when I tied them. I mean, I looked at them for a day and then <laughs> Bree went into labor, so I had to, <laughs> yeah, had to come back. That changes things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on a salmon fishing trip. Oh yeah, that's right. You were a salmon. Fishing. I was up north when, <laughs> yeah, that's when right. she went in. <laughs> yeah, got a call at about two a.m. Yeah, yeah. Well, she wasn't. You know, she was Iris was a little early, so. Wasn't yep. your fault. She just wanted to make her entrance a little earlier than we expected. Yep. Now she's smiling. I'm glad yeah. you got to see her. Yeah. Chuckle and laugh at you yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that was cute. She's. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I said I can't believe it. I never seen her smile like that before. Well, then she started a little bit bigger smiles, a little bit bigger smiles. Then I kind of go boo, you know, like that. Move my face closer to her and. Just giggle a little bit, huh? you know. And each time it'd get a little bit louder and a little bit longer. <laughs> she got, yeah, she got laughing pretty good there. So that was pretty cute. Yeah, she's <laughs> she uses her whole face to smile too. She just oh, light, yeah. she lights right up. I don't understand it. <laughs> Leon did too, but not like she does. I mean, she 
Her eyes smile when she yeah. smiles, you know. Her ears go back. And... <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> That's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, if uh, you got anything else you wanted to touch on really quick? or Well, no, I don't think so. Not today. Not tonight. I think I'm covered about everything. All right. Well, if you want, we can dig a little more into the fishing stuff, give you a few days or whatever I'll, I'll be back next week we can okay you know dig into more fishing or yeah you know, we can even talk about uh, okay yeah I, I remember that one thing you can remind me to bring that up again you said something about when when we steal it fishing i thought what you were gonna was thinking about when jimmy came up there it was the time we were it was so cold that night we spent in the tent but we'll have to bring that up some other time <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> when uh Okay, yeah, you're talking when, back in you, when you could camp at the wagon wheel? Yeah. Yep, yeah, I remember. <laughs> I felt actually pretty good about that because the only other people there had a heater in their tent. And yeah, they didn't make it. <laughs> no, they got up in the middle of the night, packed up, and dipped out. Yeah. But yeah, we can dig into that, too, because that was a pretty good trip. <laughs> From what I remember, I mean, there wasn't much time that either you weren't seeing a steel hut or you weren't fighting one, you mm-hmm. know, constantly a fish in the air. Mm-hmm. I just love how acrobatic they are. They're so fun. Oh, yeah. You know? Yep. One of the best. You know, pound for pound, they put up a fight like a bluegill. You know, they're definitely one of the best fighters. But when it comes to fun, I can't think of much more fun. You know, a big pike is fun. You know, it's just a lot of heavy, yeah. heavy runs. A salmon's fun, especially if you have a nice fresh one that's you know, aggressive. Yeah, they can. You can, those fresh salmon can really, you know, they'll jump pretty high out of that water too if you get yeah. one to do that well. I, yeah, they can pretty acrobatic too. I, I, I can't remember if you were with me or not. I remember I had one leap out of the water, over a branch, got my line on the branch, and the branch was probably five feet off the water. Yeah, at least four, oh. pushing five. Oh yeah, I've and seen I him lost jump like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you see him jumping over those. You know, when they're on a, trying to get upstream, jumping over those falls and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. The like, ladders. and The ladders, yeah, geez. You know, remember that ladders, uh, that dam up by uh, Benzoni? Ben, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, those things, I don't know how high that is, but they can come out of there and clear that thing. That one is probably oh, the one side, 14, yeah. 15 foot. Yeah, they can go up on that one side. I never be- would have believed it, but you wouldn't see it. But they can fly out of there, so. And they didn't make it most of the time, but once in a while, I want to get over. I mean, I remember, you probably remember this one. There was one that kept hitting that wall so hard, you you know, you thought it was going to die. But then when <laughs> it did finally clear it, it was like the perfect, yeah, you know, yeah. it jumped and then it barely hit the water at the top and it just kind of coasted you, in with its yeah, momentum. And, you got to get to <laughs> Man. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I did it again. We uh, ended up taking Kia, not last year, the year before. Uh it was probably, I'm going to say the 15th-ish of August. It was a little bit early, a week or two early, but there were a couple fish jumping. But it, it was right after a bunch of rain, and, mm. I mean, the water was just roaring through there. Oh, yeah. But there were still fish trying to, you know, I mean, you might see one every 8, 10 minutes try to mm. clear that thing, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just amazing because, you know, the water was moving two to three times as fast as normal, and yeah. they were and they were still... <laughs> you know, getting up in there uh-huh. it was nuts. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's fun. But yeah, next time we'll have to dig into uh, some of your lake fishing adventures, maybe some lake fishing stories, or you know, even your shark trip, or uh, what was it, marlin you were going after, Florida sailfish. Sailfish, yeah. Yeah, we'll dig yeah. into that a little bit, and maybe your escapades out west, some of that good stuff, you know. Yeah. Okay. Kind of get away from what's going on in the world right now. There's a lot that I don't, <sighs> I don't even want to look yeah. at because every day it's getting scarier and scarier yeah you know? it sure is did you see about the uh russian subs over on our west coast off california mm. they're yep. spotting them more they're spot they're uh i don't know if it's true or not but germany's claiming that they severed the oh yeah the, the nordic the, stream mm-hmm. or whatever it is their pipeline over yeah. there they're trolling up and down the ethernet cables and all the cables that connect them to us you know as far as data transfer and stuff and mm-hmm. yeah but yeah. a lot of stuff going on is doesn't look good no and it doesn't look like it's um you know typically you can kind of gauge it and say all right you know maybe these are just precautionary you know reconnaissance but it seems like they're just pushing further and further yeah. and you know they start driving up and down the road in front of your house now they're parking in your driveway and <laughs> yep. pretty soon they're walking up to your door mm-hmm. so it's the way it progresses yeah well with that i guess uh i'll let you and kia get back to hanging out it's about nine thirty. all uh, right okay any closing statements or you just want to no i want to call it yeah. I, no, I just uh, enjoyed talking to you, with you tonight. Likewise. Likewise. All right. I always do. Okay. All right. I love you. I love you too. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Whistlepig. If you would like to support this podcast, please like and subscribe, rate and review, and follow on social media at Whistlepig Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. You can email questions or comments to whistlepigpodcast at gmx.com. That's G as in girl, M as in man, X as in x-ray.com. And until you hear from me again, get outside, take a kid with you, and stay free.